Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? Do I have any freaking game? Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to this Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We are on 1250, 930, online, PR927FM.com, and momentarily we'll be on Facebook Live. And YouTube, where you can be a part of today's program. A lot of guests to get to. A lot of UCF talk on today's show and throughout the week here on Pirate Radio Live. We'll talk to the voice of the Knights, Mark Daniels, coming up at 3.30 as he'll give us the scouting report on this UCF team coming to town Saturday that just put up 70 points in a game against Temple. We'll talk to Mark at 3.30. Mully, Mike Mullis, joins us to talk some MLB playoffs football and more at four o'clock at 4 30 our old friend zach maskovich formerly of wnct channel nine now covering sports down in orlando florida we'll get his take on the ucf ecu matchup coming up at around 4 30 and former ecu tight end bryce williams joins us at five o'clock we'll get his thoughts on the game he was uh sending me some texts on saturday night uh it's interesting to hear bryce's perspective the former player watching the pirates now uh kind of living every single moment of the game and he can't do anything to help him out so uh but he was happy with the result we'll talk to bryce coming up at five o'clock shirley rhodes is here the chan man intern peter we got ellerby here at the head of the table hello ellerby hello clipper every time bryce was texting you were you reading his text and his voice always every time i mean there's all do you do that with everybody or pretty much but definitely bryce definitely bryce williams is definitely a guy you would read one of his texts he sent you all right uh, in in, in a bryce williams voice this is from (laughs) from from ecu memphis this was at 903 p.m saturday night okay dang special teams yep pretty much it what give us one about 10.03 oh we got uh one at night another one what in the world <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so oh um how about this at <laughs> how about this at 8.21 my dumb cable switched and now i don't have that channel are you watching at the station <laughs> so he didn't have the game but i think anna came through and got the game on for him and so got him hooked up it's quite a uh quite a night living uh the game with bryce williams there via text so i feel like uh he could have uh what was that nbc show with the where they go dun dun you know what was the law and order law and order yeah that you could like read his every time like that should be set his like your tone to his text but it would be dang dang <laughs> <laughs> Willie Smith is here, I believe, Ellerby, watching the game in person. Is that what you told me earlier? I can confirm Willie Smith at the Pirate Radio tailgate zone. Oh, okay. All I right. just assume <laughs> he left the tailgate zone and went inside the stadium. Is that true, Willie Smith? That is true. The weather was good enough for you, though? Yeah, the weather was beautiful, great, man. Beautiful. Nice now, day. You had four quarters and four overtimes. Right. Can you account for all four inside the stadium? Unlike a lot of fans, I actually stayed. All right. Oh, there you yeah. go. Willie Smith got it done. And your thoughts? Man, that was um, that was a really good game. Um, I was shocked at uh, how we started in the first half. 
um, to be down 17 zip like that, man. Uh, the the one play that really had me scratching my head was the the fake punt. Like I don't know why we would call that play in that down that part of the field number one, and then that down a distance. It was just didn't make any sense, and I was shocked. And that was, in my opinion, a dumb play at that point in the game. Well, the uh, reasoning from Mike Houston was they had a look that they liked. The thing is, though, fourth and eight, maybe even fourth and thirteen. Right. Fourth and 24 or whatever. <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, yeah. So uh, that yeah. one. And I can't believe at that moment that things didn't really, you know, get out of hand, slip away. But luckily, Memphis made some mistakes. East Carolina forced those mistakes, and the Pirates were able to get back in it. And, and the Pirates win. If the Pirates don't win, oh, yeah. that, that play is magnified times 200. Oh, yeah. And if, if we didn't win... It's time. It's Mike got to go. <laughs> that, that's what it would have been saying, man. So yeah, that would have been a tough, uh, tough, tougher conversation to have in the fifth quarter. But the Pirates Absolutely. did mount a comeback. Your thoughts of uh, how the overtime went, the overtime rules, and uh, the Pirate victory? Yeah, I was actually shocked because I'm ashamed to say, man, I didn't know that's how they did halftime. I mean, the overtime down. You're I mean, not alone, Willie. <laughs> I was a lot like, of what people. the heck? But. Uh, no, overall, man, I was very impressed with the resilience of our uh, our team, man, to to get it done on offense and defense. And you know, they kept punching, they kept fighting, and then you know, they got the win at the end. So that was impressive. Do you like the overtime rules? I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. The way the way it all play the, the gets down to the two points, uh, yeah. just one play after when you get to the, at least the third overtime. That you're you're down with that. Yeah, yeah. No, I I like it, man. It makes the game uh, move a little faster. It's more like, you know, you got to give everything you get on that one play, so I like it. As a former player, I mean, we heard a lot of the guys in the Players' Lounge yesterday of how tired they were. I mean, I it, it does. when when you, If you keep the the old format yeah. where everybody has starts at the 25 and there's just so many more plays and so much right. more action, um, it, it does shorten the game in a sense. That yeah. it, but it also puts the stakes at a lot higher, too. I, absolutely. I mean, like you said, man, it's... You got to give everything you got on this one play to try to either score or stop them, man. And it was going back and forth, man. And, you know, both of these teams played with a lot of heart, but ECU was able to get it done at the end. Have you ever played in a game like that, an overtime game that uh, just kind of kind of lasted longer than the, the four quarters? Man, I'm trying to think back. Um, I can't I can't think of any off the top of my head. Maybe that's all the football hits I took a <laughs> long time <laughs> off, man. None off the top because the NFL rules. If you ever played in overtime there, that that's a that's a full fifteen minutes. Right. I mean, unless someone scores, but it can yeah. go it can go long. Not 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 guaranteed to get the ball back right. when you were right. playing. Right now, for sure. And I, I didn't play any overtime games in the NFL. I know that Lincoln Riley came in and said we want to run a hundred plays a game, and yeah. I think that goal was accomplished a few times the other night. 84 snaps uh, for East Carolina. Do you remember, Willie, that first year in the the rough rally offense? Like, uh, I mean, 84 snaps is a lot of football to be played. You talk about the length of the game and and how many plays you play. So, I mean, do you feel it when you get into the 80s and 90s maybe more than – when you're in the 50s, 60s, 70s in a game? Yeah, I, I remember that, man. And when he said, yeah, we want to play 100, you know, 100 snaps, I was like, 100 snaps? <laughs> man, who does God think he is? <laughs> that was the first thing I was thinking as offensive lineman. And, you're uh, the one playing the snaps, not right, him. Right. Like, hey, how about you get out here and play 100 snaps? <laughs> exactly, man. But you know what? What we found was, you know, early in the game, you know, yes, you, you know, you got through it and you started getting to the third and fourth quarter. You know, all those snaps, yeah, you're tired, but the defense is way more tired than you. So you actually liked it in the fourth quarter. Yeah. The, the offensive lineman has the advantage. Yeah, absolutely. When when the snap counts get higher. Right. Because they're on the field. 
exactly that much longer and i guess it's your advantage that you know because you know what play you're calling you know what play you're calling and you know with that offense is hurry up so the guys can't rotate rotate out as much so they're extra tired so you can really just you know lean on them and get them to move back pirates back on the winning track uh, ucf coming to town this week uh very tough opponent five and one uh could be the last time the pirates play the knights as uh, they head off to the big 12 uh how do the pirates uh, turn the page and get ready for this team yeah, um, man, from what I just read online, man, they got a really, really explosive offense. So, uh, And I remember when uh, I was on defense for a little while here, when you played an athletic quarterback, that was like the the dread of like, God, man, because if you, if you do happen to beat offensive linemen, the quarterback's so athletic that it's so hard to get a sack. So that really freaking sucks. So I imagine what the coaches are telling the guys, hey, look, man, just rush your lane. Don't try to do inside moves, outside moves. Just rush your lane. Beat them in that spot. You got to be very, very sound on on defense playing gap ball because he can throw the ball, but he can also run the ball. So you got to pay attention to all of that, man. So the defense is going to have to really show up, and the offense is going to have to do their part running the ball. I always go back to running the ball because why? You want to control the time of possession because you want to keep that explosive offense off the field as long as possible. Most of the time when the Pirates have played UCF, uh, they, they've been pretty good. I think they've had their, their down moments, but uh, a lot of the, the take on UCF has always been they have great athletes coming out of the state of Florida. Yeah. They, they're bigger, they're faster. Uh, how, how true is that statement when you're going up against a team out of the state of Florida, and particularly UCF? Yeah, no, that's that's very true, man. Florida does have a lot of great athletes, but the thing that's different now is with all of the transfers that's happening, man, I was reading that they got a lot of SEC guys on this team as well, so that's a lot more speed, man, because I, I remember when we played in the bowl games, like the Liberty Bowl, we always played uh, SEC teams, and man, you could just, you could tell the difference, man, in the speed of the game, and uh, yeah, so they, they definitely got an advantage with that as well. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's a really, really athletic team, um, a winning team that they got the mindset of winning. So this is going to be a really, really good game come Saturday. Right now, UCF has their sights on a New Year Six bowl game because they uh, have one loss on the year, a, a disappointing loss for them, lost to Louisville, twenty to fourteen. But their next four games: ECU, Cincinnati at home, at Memphis, at Tulane. They run through that gauntlet. They end the year, I think, with like South Florida and another uh, Navy. So, and you know, if they are the top-ranked team out of the group of five, they would go to that big bowl game. So that's what they're thinking right now. They have uh, some very, uh, you know, high standards for their program. You mentioned uh, SEC speed. Their quarterback, John Rice Plumley, coming from the SEC, is their leading rusher. Actually, might be a better runner than he is a thrower. Although he had four touchdown passes on uh, Saturday in the game against Temple. So they uh, they are high-powered, and it's like Willie said, it's going to be – and we've seen this this year, but another quarterback that likes to get out and run, and uh, maybe this might be the best one they've seen so far. And, Willie, uh, I think everybody – we talked last week and pretty much felt it. Last week was a must-win. Yeah. How do you feel about this week going against UCF? I mean, in, in my opinion, you know, if you want your program to take the next step – you know, this is a must-win. Like, you need to go out there and, and find a way to win this game. I mean, offense is going to have to play huge. Um, defense, even, you know, even bigger, man. They're going to have to go out there and 
and and and you know control this quarterback man because you know he's a great athlete but then they also got great receivers too man so it's like it's not going to be easy for anybody come Saturday man everybody going to have to earn that scholarship come Saturday and it's a Saturday night game but uh, the the one thing the Pirates have is a short turnaround because they hit the road and play a Friday night game the next week at BYU not that they're looking ahead right. but wow. it certainly makes Sunday feel a lot better when you go into a short week if you're coming off a victory on Saturday night yeah yeah no that that definitely uh definitely helps with going into that next week man um but you know we ain't thinking about next week man we got to win this week right now so i imagine that's what coach houston is telling the guys hey look man whatever we need to do let's go ahead and find a way to win this game and you know i imagine they're going to scheme it up in a way that gives our team the best chance to win come saturday ucf coach uh, gus malzahn came out in his press conference this week said he was not really a barbecue guy <laughs> i saw that <laughs> i can say that willie smith is a barbecue guy though from the fire radio tailgate zone yeah yeah man that, that was some good barbecue you guys had out there man i you know i was doing the 75 hard i was a vegetarian at the time and i, I broke the 75 challenge so i said man, i'm gonna eat you know? I, know. I said, Willie, I said, I, he showed up. I was like, oh, man, we got some barbecue. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, we got some coleslaw, too. You know, I said, my man, Tim Sawyer from State Farm's done a great job. He's like, oh, man, my 75 heart is broken. Like, Give me a plate. And let me tell you what, Willie Smith went to town. Yes, sir. He, he was no longer a vegetarian. Right. Eating like an O-lineman yes. out there. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, That's what got him through the four quarters <laughs> and the four right. overtimes. Shirley, can we hear the uh, the Gus Malzahn? Boy, this has got a lot of folks talking today. A lot of people are very sensitive when it comes to barbecue when you i think when you when you when when you talk about where you're from and people's food i think it becomes a sensitive subject i mean you you, you hear it in western north carolina eastern north carolina barbecue then i mean texas barbecue north carolina barbecue i mean there's always there's always you know pizza is always a big topic of conversation what style deep dish uh, chicago new york you know so food can be a very and everybody has an opinion on on what the best is and and a reporter just kind of Asked him out of the blue, and and I thought it was very interesting. All right, here's uh, Gus Malzahn. You ever been to Greenville, North Carolina? Um, you know, I have, I think, uh, recruiting, and that's about it. So what kind of atmosphere are you expecting? I mean, they got a pretty good reputation for being one of the best atmospheres in the league. That, that, that's what we've heard. That's what we're expecting. We're especially after a big win. Uh, we're expecting to get their best, and so we'll do crowd noise and everything that goes with that this week, too. Big barbecue guy. You talk about Eastern North Carolina. It's a little bit vinegar in their barbecue. Every region a little bit different. Uh, what's, what's your favorite kind of barbecue? Uh, how, how, how about for an yeah, English yeah, question for the rest yeah, of I, I didn't know they were known for their barbecue. That's good. But, uh, I'm not a big barbecue guy. You know, I'll eat some brisket, but uh, I'm not a big barbecue guy. <laughs> All right, not a big barbecue guy. You know, we got a guy around here that says he's not a big fill-in-the-blank. To, to me, I know, and I hear Troy say that all the time. And, and it is, not a big dessert guy and as then, he's eating two desserts. Right. <laughs> and and, and we had, we've had that same conversation again earlier today with someone else that Troy said he wasn't a big dessert guy. But the guy, Brandon Manning, is doing our tailgate this week is going to bring banana pudding. Oh. And, and Troy perked up pretty good. So. Yeah, not a dessert. Not <laughs> a big dessert. But unless we're recategorizing banana pudding into like a side instead of a dessert. Well, that's I a guess fruit, Ellery. That's a... Uh, but it does have banana Yeah, it. it's a healthy dish but saying you're not a big something is kind of like you know when clip brings his sausage balls in here in, in another month or so and someone tells you not bad i mean that's i mean do you how do you feel when someone tells you like about your hey what'd you think not bad was it good or I that mean, means you didn't enjoy it 
Okay, so not bad is not a... Co- is, Why are you bringing my balls into this? I was just thinking about it because sausage ball season's getting ready to come up, and I know how excited you get between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I, I am excited. It's like jelly bean season. But how, it only how does happens that, a limited time of the year. How does that correlate to Gus <laughs> Malzahn? Because you're in here. It's the same thing. When someone says, when someone says I'm not a big sausage ball guy, and they grab a handful, and they eat a few, and so, then, you say, then you say, how were they? And someone says, not bad. <laughs> then how would you... I, to me, I was kind so of... So what is Gus saying about barbecue? He says he's not a big barbecue guy. Does that mean you eat it or you don't eat it? I don't know. You're making the comparison. So I'm just saying, it's, to me, it's kind of the comparison of telling someone their food's not bad. If you say you're not a if you're not a barbecue guy, you're not you're not a dessert. I just guy. think he's not. He doesn't eat it. He said he'll eat some brisket and that's it. Yeah, he is well known for going to Waffle House. Waffle House. Well, they don't serve barbecue there. No, nah, you don't get it there. Um, yeah, but people uh, people really got upset about this. They are uh, they are really <laughs> sensitive. I, I guess about not knowing that East Carolina, Eastern North Carolina, is a barbecue town. I don't know. Then it kind of come off as the kind of the SEC arrogance a it little re- bit it of, really of, does. Of, of, of Gus. And no, the, it uh, comes uh, off as he does, doesn't man. know or and, care. And, and like, that, yeah, that's what also I was going to say that he doesn't really. Well, he's not supposed to like right. research every like what what do you. Ellerby, tell me about North Dakota cuisine. And if you don't, that means you're arrogant. You're an arrogant North Carolinian. Well, we don't ever play them, and I don't know that much. But <laughs> He's never played here. This is his first time. First trip. To yeah. Great. Like, he doesn't, I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm having to stick up for Gus Malzahn, <laughs> but he doesn't care. Like, why do you think the reporter asked him about it? Because apparently the reporter is a, a fan or knowledgeable about Eastern North Carolina barbecue. Right. I don't know. I just think it adds some good fodder. I think it's good talk. Well, Mike, yeah. you, then, well, it led to a question from uh, Glenn Griffin at the press conference. Shirley, can you hit uh, cut eight, his thoughts on uh, Gus Malzahn not knowing about Eastern North Carolina barbecue? I don't, I mean, I don't know. He's, <laughs> I'm sure he'll enjoy it. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of barbecue. So I love Eastern North Carolina barbecue. So, but uh, I, I don't know whatever. Uh, the delicatessen is the down there in Orlando, so uh, we'll make sure he gets a plate. He's got a might have an argument over which uh, which place it comes from, Parker's or Bees or Sam Jones. You know, they they've got an argument over which one's best. And now we got Mission here in town too, so um, got a lot to choose from. All right, Mike Houston retorts. It's uh, it's the barbecue debate <laughs> between Mike Houston and Gus Malzahn. Mike Houston has been in Western North Carolina. He's been in South Carolina. He has been in Virginia and now here in Greenville. He is uh, now he knows about barbecue and all different sorts of barbecue and knows the places in town to get he barbecue. He knows where to go to get them. So. So I, I wanted to say just big dog. You hadn't introduced me, so I was going to say my name. I was going to say it's the person who asked the question <laughs> yes. at the press conference, <laughs> the big dog. Um, that uh, he did not know that was coming. He was totally unaware. Had not seen the clip of Malzahn which he told me after the uh, press conference. And uh, I thought he did a pretty dang good job of rattling off the major players in Greenville. Like, off the top of his head, like, he handled it, you know. And it kind of broke him up because he was in a very serious mood talking, you know, actual exes and his football with Patrick Mason and Steven Igo. And then I broke him apart with that one. And uh, there we had the answer. The Gus press conference was kind of the same thing. It kind of ended. They were they were talking, you know, obviously East Carolina, UCF, and then the reporter kind of fired off about barbecue at the end. And I think it was just kind of a good uh, good lighthearted way to end it. Yeah, 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 I think the average fan really doesn't care about their leading rusher or receiver. 
they want to hear more about this stuff everybody's gonna be looking if you look at the response today on social media yes (laughs) like people want to talk about the barbecue i'm gonna look to see if he has a barbecue stain on his shirt when he comes out of the locker room (laughs) on saturday you know i mean that's going to be important i mean i i did ask him at the press conference i said look can we make sure that we get that man a plate a hot plate after the game you want to have fun with it now like if you win this game if you win if you lose you you don't, you don't mention anything. it at all no if you right. win we you say get, you served them up we get parkers to like ship barbecue to the athletic office at orlando absolutely and like make a make a deal make some memes online about it have some fun with it yes yeah so now we can make this into something but ecu has to take care of business on the field for that to happen all right that's the challenge at hand yeah that's what do you think willie smith Man, that's a huge challenge. Um, I mean, you're going to have to dig deep, man. This is the toughest game we've had all year, I think, at this point, man, because you had some wins, you had some losses. And, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of those we should have won. Um, but, I mean, this team is – they look like the real deal, man. They like the real deal. You know, they they got the athletes on the team. And we're going to need ECU to come out here, man, and, and hit them hard early. You know, because that's one thing that slows speed down when you start getting hit hard. <laughs> you know, so we can come out here hitting them boys in the mouth and, and you know, the offense go out there and make the plays they need to play. You know, our, our big play receivers, man, they need to show up. You know, Hope going to need to make some great passes, man, to get the offense really humming. And I want to see Keaton Mitchell, man, really, really break a couple of runs, man, because he had a couple opportunities, man, but it seemed like he got tripped up, like, right when he was about to break. So if we could see that happen this game, man, that would be awesome. Here's my concern and why I might be taking UCF to win this game. East Carolina scored 49 against Campbell the next week, had 20 against Navy in a dud performance. Uh, Scored 48 against South Florida, scored 9 the next week against Tulane. Scored 47 Saturday. UCF, Willie, is allowing 14 points a game. Yeah. Two touchdowns a game is their average on the year. Some games they've given up less, some a few more. That is concerning with this ECU inconsistent offense roller coaster that we are due for a dip if the trend continues. If the trend continues, and I think the challenge is East Carolina needs to break out of that trend if they are going to become bowl eligible. And they still have to make two more steps to that. I mean, but the next step is get to win five yeah. before they can get to win six. And uh, this is a huge game, I think, uh, in front of your home crowd again. The Pirates played it tough last year, lost 20 to 16. Uh, do, do you feel a low-scoring game or a high-scoring game coming up on Saturday? Yeah, I, I think this is probably going to be a high-scoring game because they got some explosive athletes on the other side. You know, unless we come out here and just stuff them on everything, but I, I just don't see what that kind of athletes for us to be able to do that. So it's going to be a high-scoring game, man. We're going to have to – offense going to have to dig deep. Defense going to have to find a way to get some stops in there, but I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. What can this offense do to get get going faster and and, and obviously not get down 17 nothing to UCF? Yeah, so I, I would say, man, number one, try to establish the run, uh, get that going early, you know, get the – you know, the little screen passes going, get some screens in there, get some draws going. Like, just mix it up, you know, early and often. I mean, it doesn't have to be a run play on the first down. It could be a pass to get three yards. It gets you the same end result. You got three or four yards on the first play. So just mix the offense up, get everybody involved early, man. And that's what I feel like we need to do to really get the guys going. Uh, the odds makers think that this game will be different from last year's contest. Last year, UCF won 20-16. to 16. So defensive game. Uh, UCF is a favorite in this game by five, but the total, the over-under, is at 65. So they are expecting a lot more points this year. 
uh than we saw a year ago between these teams and uh we just hope ecu can hold up their end of the bargain scoring some points well i mean if ucf has only given up what'd you say 14 yeah 14 then i mean that that's uh saying that ucf is going to score a boatload more if, if if that's the case but uh maybe it's going to be a back and forth game in in, in the mid 30s yeah that uh it comes down to the wire again willie have you checked on the weather seems like it's gonna be all right man. <laughs> all right good good to hear <laughs> what is the forecast for tailgating for willie smith on saturday will nephew charlie be with you Charlie might be with me. He might be with me. All right. Fine young man. He's he's an up-and-coming football star, too, right? Yeah, yeah. He's at North Johnson High School. He's a freshman this year. All right. I sent uh, Willie a text on Friday night because I saw uh, North Pitt was putting it to Washington and C.J. Wilson uh, having a great year as uh, first-year head coach of the Panthers. They're playing some ball, Willie. Yeah, yeah. They're doing well, man. They had some ups and downs. Um, Obviously, new coach come in. It's a lot of stuff you got to change and a lot of discipline you got to implement. But, you know, the guys are starting to believe, and I think they got an opportunity to do something over there this year, finish the year out. Uh, Last night, Ellery, you were sleeping probably, and good for you because I'm tired of watching the Broncos. I'm tired of watching the whole AFC West, to be honest with you. It is – it's just gross. It's not good football. Uh, Broncos lose again, this time in overtime. And uh, Russell Wilson and the Broncos, 2-4 and four through six games, Willie. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I um, I watched like the first half of that game uh, last night. And, uh, it well, was you fun. saw Russell Wilson got, what, 10 for 10 to start? Yeah. They were up 10 to nothing? It was like, good. okay, finally, they right. put it together. Right. Didn't do anything the rest of the game. Wow. Nothing. Wow. Uh, it was pitiful. A lot of the people that are sure things, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, are, are, I mean, are, are are those guys like are, are they starting to hang on a thread? Is it are we seeing the end for 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 guys that it used to be like man? Because those used to be, I mean, their picture would would sell yeah. the game that they would be on. They'd be they're the guys that are always the featured Sunday game, Thursday right. night game, or Monday night game. Right. I mean, you, you may be seeing a change there, man. Um, I just can't believe the kind of money that Russell's making right now to be playing the way he's playing. I, he's stealing, man. <laughs> he's stealing right now. <laughs> he is robbing them blind. So in the uh, NFL, are you paid on past performance or paid on future performance of what, what you're spending? Mean, it's I mean, both, really. I mean, they, they, they're paying you off of what you have shown that you're capable of doing. And then, hey, we're going to pay you this much because we want to win. We think you can help us win. So when that doesn't happen, hey, something got to change here. How about the talk, Willie, of Tom Brady going to Robert Kraft's wedding? So he took time away from the Bucks. What was it, Friday and Saturday for a walkthrough, I believe, wow. to travel up north to be away from the team, uh, which I guess they were in Pittsburgh. So I guess go from Pittsburgh to Massachusetts or whatever. Does Robert Kraft get married if Tom Brady's the quarterback of the Patriots? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> during the middle of the football season, right. like on a thir- Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, I, 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 it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's a billionaire; yeah. he can do whatever he wants. Do what he wanted, but, kind of but like, what kind of message does that send? To yeah, I mean, that, if I'm a player on the team, I'm like, this guy. Who do he think he is? Number one, everybody else got to be here. Yeah, you're Tom Brady. We understand that, but. You know, be a team player, be here for this stuff. And you know, we know you don't need it, but because we're here, you should be here. So that probably sent the wrong message to the whole team as well. But man. it's been a whole year like that when he took what the ten days or two weeks off 
during the preseason. Yeah. I guess to deal with his marriage or whatever yeah. else was going on. So I mean, he didn't want to spend time with his family or his team. Where is he spending? <laughs> <laughs> Who does he like? Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that bankrolled his entire life right, uh, to yeah, this right. point. Maybe he uh, wanted to get his dance on at the reception. <laughs> I heard Bill Simmons say on on his podcast, uh, he said, you know who wasn't at Robert Kraft's wedding? Bailey Zappi, starting quarterback of the New England Patriots, who went out and won on Sunday. Yeah. He was uh, with his team getting ready to win. Belichick wasn't there either. Because he was getting ready to win. So, I don't know. Maybe not a huge deal, but like you said, if I'm a – you look at it from – the guys in the locker room. Yeah. The same guys he's chewing out on the sidelines right. Sunday. I don't know if you saw that clip. Yeah. Uh, but he was up in their face, and they're probably like, hey, dude, we, we talked about this yesterday. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> we had that play ready yesterday. You weren't here. So. I mean, can, can you, I mean, when you have a star, I mean, and no one's bigger than Tom Brady. I mean, right. I mean, but I mean, when you've had a big star and a big personality on the team, yeah. is, is there a way to, to, to call, call their, blo- I mean, call them in check? Or, I mean, you yeah, just say, I, I would they, say, no, the only ones that that have that you know that the, the ability to, to do that is somebody that's on his level that's a superstar player if you're just a guy that's on the team man forget about it i mean if somebody else did that like and and will you've talked about how you were grinding every day right to, to just stay alive at your, right. your nfl dream right if you were like hey um uh cj's getting married i'm gonna fly down to <laughs> North Carolina this weekend, but I'll be back tomorrow for the game. Like you'll be cut. Like right. they won't. They won't yeah, your hotel key will not yeah. work when you get back. I so. mean, yeah. with the exception of maybe of a funeral, is that probably the only? Oh, thing? Yeah, that, that, that would yeah. be that, the I mean, only thing. That, that or birth. You know, yeah, those, those yeah, are the yeah, only yeah. two things you're really going to be able like to get away as in. a normal player. That'd right. be the only two instances where you just wouldn't be like, you know what? Because there's the big deal many years ago when the Giants went down to South Beach or went out on a boat or something, you know. That Yeah, but that was like... In between playoff games or something? Yeah, and it wasn't even that... The thing that made it a big deal was like they never won a game after that. Like their record was so bad. <laughs> wow. But how about uh, the worm, Ellerby? Dennis Rodgers. Yes, Bulls are uh, in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and he goes on Monday Nitro with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Like, didn't tell the team. He's just party. <laughs> oh, wow. But at that point in his career, and he's one of Jordan's boys, and, and heck, Jordan was doing the same crap in uh casinos and stuff so right. who's uh dennis robin to you know hey mike's over there go talk to him i'm on wrestling you can see where i'm at i'm on tv right. you don't know what mike's doing so you know that superstar you 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 get a few i don't know people to look the other way when you're really good and have won championships well the good news is uh the bucks had the panthers this week so it should be, <laughs> it should be a good week for them to bounce right, back and right. uh, for brady to take out all those frustrations they can go to a destination wedding across the country <laughs> across uh, the water the, they're, they're going to touch down about 11 o'clock on sunday in charlotte <laughs> roll over to bank of america stadium tom and, might uh, go to mars on friday you know yeah. come back for the game exactly uh sorry panthers fans uh all right good stuff Willie Smith joining us. Willie, uh, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they need some uh, real estate help. Yeah, so if you want to reach me, just call my cell, 258-8168, and look me up online, um, hashtag Pirate Nation Realtor. East Carolina, score versus UCF, Willie Smith. 31-34, Pirates. All right, three-point three point victory. And, and take the over by a point. Oh, it, I, th- well, I thought it was 65. Or was it 60? What did he say? 34-31 push okay yeah we got to push there you go all right uh it is pbr tailgate tuesday 
Pirate fans get stocked up for tailgating season with PBR at your favorite retailer. Look for the QR code on the PBR display and register for a chance to win a PBR cooler full of beer. Game day or any day, all Pirates prefer PBR, and we will give that away right now, Shirley Rhodes. We'll open up the phone lines. We'll do caller number four. Caller four, 317-1250, is a big winner on PBR Tailgate Tuesday. When we return, we'll talk more Knights football with Mark Daniels, play-by-play voice of the UCF Knights. He joins us on the other side of this timeout. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Well, Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All righty, back with you here, Pirate Radio Live. Boy, underrated uh, sports day here. You've got Game 5, Guardians-Yankees getting underway. Uh, in about 30 minutes on TBS, and we'll give you updates here on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. Thank you. Game one between the Phillies and Padres tonight at 8.03. The NBA regular season gets underway with a doubleheader. You've got the Sixers at the Celtics at 7.30 and Lakers at the Champion Warriors after that. A full slate of hockey as well. Now, what is this? I'm seeing a college basketball game on the score app. This can't be true, can it? Can this be true? Uh, so you've got all those sports going on. you got uh, college football back on the docket tomorrow night. Uh, Canes winners last night, by the way. They are 3-0. and So uh, get ready, folks. It is, uh, it is that time of the year where everything is going to be going on. In my score app... It says that, let's see, Brown and Northwestern are playing some kind of sporting event. And let me see if that's a college basketball game. It can't be right. Brown, Northwestern. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm getting this. This must be a mistake. We got a long ways to go before we get to basketball season, right? So, uh, anyway, no college basketball as far as I know on this uh, this evening. We do have Minji's Madness coming up next Wednesday night in Minji's 7 o'clock. So, uh, folks can go out and get their first look at East Carolina men's and women's basketball. And uh, they'll be having a lot of fun out there on the hardwood. All right, let's uh, keep the football talk rolling and hear from mark daniels who is the play-by-play voice of the ucf knights he joins us here on pirate radio live mark how you doing today i'm doing great mark uh good to have you on and uh good to have you here in greenville gonna be uh the first trip i guess out of florida for you and the uh, ucf knights this season had a game 
uh, it, uh, against FAU. But first road trip of the year for this team this late into the season. A bit of a, a schedule anomaly, but uh, everybody there uh, ready to hit the road? Yeah, I mean, UCF had a unique schedule where only lead the state three times to the 12 games, but the two road games at FAU and then the season-ending game at South Florida. Um, just one of the unique things about how the schedule turned uh, this year. Um, so, yeah, it's the first trip the UCF will take out of the state. Only have two more with Memphis and Tulane. You kind of get the benefit one year. Next year we'll play five conference road games in the Big 12 plus a road game at Boise State. So, you know, I guess enjoy this year a little bit more challenging next year. But I know our guys are looking forward to get on the road. Mark Daniels joining us, voice of the Knights. And, uh, Mark, uh, UCF coming off a 70-point performance. We still talk about a 70-point performance East Carolina had years ago against North Carolina. And I remember from that game we had a bomb uh, to open the game on the opening possession. We had a pick six for a score, a, a third and like 28 uh, draw play that went for a touchdown. So everything has to go right for 70 to be put on the board. How about the uh, the performance from UCF last week? What was clicking for the Knights? Uh, well, it started off kind of a little bit of a slow start. UCF uh, uh, saw Temple go down and uh, uh, score and get a field goal. And then uh, Knights scored. It was a 14-13 UCF lead. And uh, things kind of, it was a 14-10 UCF lead. Temple got a field goal. Then UCF scored eight straight touchdowns. And uh, their offense really began to click. I think um, John Rice Plumley uh, began to get comfortable from an RPO standpoint. And then UCF's defense, which got off to a slow start against their freshman quarterback, uh, the Temple had, uh, began to figure some things out. They began to force some three and outs. And then things just kind of snowballed. They had some big plays from running backs and wide receivers and, you know, the game kind of got carried away from there. So it was a good football game. UCF did some things offensively in the game. I think they felt like they were able to do some things. I don't know if they thought they would have scored 70. It just kind of ended up being that. Uh, but yet you don't get to carry any points over from one week to the next. So it's back to zero as you start to the game on Saturday. UCF averaging 261 yards a game. That was a big discussion uh, at Mike Houston's press conference this week. And he was asked about the running attack and it sounds like it's coming from a lot of different guys mark including the quarterback so uh how many heads are on this rushing monster uh for the knights well john rice Plumley, uh the quarterback he's a dual threat guy and as far as uh, uh yards rushing he leads the team with 468 seven touchdowns isaiah bowser was effective last year for ucf a northwestern transfer that uh, played really well when he was healthy got dinged up a bit He's got nine touchdowns uh, this year, and then UCF throws in a mix of guys. Johnny Richardson's an undersized 5'7 speedster. R.J. Harvey's a guy that was a high school do-threat quarterback uh, that went to Virginia, transferred to UCF, and probably was in position to be the starting running back last year, but he tore his knee up, and now it's just getting healthy. So uh, and then they use uh, Ryan O'Keefe, their speedster wide receiver at times, and jet sweeps or shuffle passes and things like that. So it comes in a variety of ways. I think Gus Malzahn, kind of has a feel as to how the game is going and uh, how he wants to use it. But Gus truly wants a balanced offense. And UCF uh, you know, is running for 261 and passing for 264. So it's hard to get more balanced uh, than that. But the key has been in the last two games to play of John Rice Plumley. He's been very effective after a game in which UCF beat Georgia Tech by 17, only threw for 49 yards. Well, last two football games, he's 38 of 51 for 698 with six touchdowns and no picks. And I think he's a lot more comfortable I think they found a little bit more of the RPO game that suits him, moving some of their wide receivers in motion or lining them up in the slot to try to take advantage of some matchups. So 
he's just more comfortable the last couple of weeks. That's been the biggest difference for UCF in their wins uh, in, in kind of blowing out SMU in the second half and then the uh, lopsided game against Temple. Talking to Mark Daniels on the Pit Electric Live line. It'll be East Carolina and UCF 730. Our pregame coverage begins 330 Saturday right here on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Mark, uh, looking at the receivers on paper, you mentioned O'Keefe, leading pass catcher on the year with 28 catches. Javon Baker, leader in yards with 403. Then you've got four other players there, uh, pass catchers, over 100 yards on the year, and a couple other guys uh, with double-digit catches on the year. So as far as spreading it around, uh, who are the the options to watch out for on Saturday for UCF's passing game? Well, Ryan O'Keefe's the returning guy that last year had a big break out here for UCF. The Knights uh, added Javon Baker, who was a big four-star recruit at Alabama that transferred. And he made a decision to come to UCF after Kobe Hudson, who was Auburn's top receiver last year, decided to follow Gus Malzahn to UCF. And Kobe was good friends with Javon and, and said, look, you know, I'm going to go here to play. And Baker's uh, come in and been really special. He's a guy that's got big playability. He's a you know big 6'2 guy. Uh, Kobe Hudson missed a couple of games, and now the last two games have been very productive for UCF. Caught a deep ball uh, last week. So those are the three main guys that UCF uses. They also mix in a tight end and Alec Holler. So it's kind of been, uh, depending on what game, who's had a hot hand last week. It was Ryan O'Keefe and uh, uh, Kobe Hudson went over 100 yards. And UCF you know, went deep a couple of times on a 68-64 yard uh, touchdown pass. So, uh, you know, it's a typical UCF team in the sense of skilled guys with great speed, UCF wants to try to get one-on-one matchups and get guys in space, whether it's been Scott Frost, Josh Heupel, and now Gus Malzahn. That same speed that UCF has, I think, built a reputation for is, again, part of the 2022 team. Talking to Mark Daniels on the Pit Electric Live Line, voice of the UCF Knights. Mark, you, the lone loss of the year uh, came to Louisville, and you know you held Malik Cunningham, especially in the passing game, down with just 201 passing yards he was able to run the ball pretty effectively but even in that game uh the defense uh, only allowed 20 points in that loss so how about defensively for this ucf team we saw it last year against east carolina it was a defensive struggle uh for much of that game uh with the pirates so how about this year looks like they're playing uh, some high quality defense yeah travis williams one of the better young defensive coordinators in the country last year travis kind of learning the personnel that he had the second half of the season they were much better defense except the smu game and this year they've been excellent um they've given up nine fourth quarter points uh, of the entire season um holding teams to right now 14 points a game which is eight best in the country giving up just 337 yards a game and the last two football games took against smu SMU put up a bunch of yards to start, basically shut down second, third, and fourth quarter. Tampa got off to a big start the first quarter, basically shut down. So they they bent a little bit the last two weeks, but then figured things out and made it really tough. Um, they've got a couple of really good uh, defensive ends, Trayvon Morris-Brash and Josh Selistar, a couple of talented linebackers, Jason Johnson, an East Illinois transfer, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, been at UCF his entire career. And the strength of UCF's defense is secondary. We've got about seven guys that they rotate in. Probably four of those guys are going to get a chance to play on Sunday. And they do a great job in coverage. That's what makes this matchup Saturday very intriguing because the VCU skill at wide receiver. But um, they're a team that doesn't take a lot of gambles. They're not going to blitz a whole bunch. They trust their base defense, cover really well. They'll pick their moments you know, on a corner or safety blitz. But they played well, and they've done an excellent in-game adjustment uh, situation multiple times this year against FAU early in the season against SMU and Georgia Tech, and even last week against Temple after they had a hot start 
in the first quarter. So it's a it's a fast defense. It's a defense that um, has has made it tough on opposing teams this year to kind of have success over the course of four quarters. And as I said, they've been excellent late in uh, a football game, just nine fourth quarter points in six games. Mark Daniels joining us, Pitt Electric Live Line, ECU UCF going at it. And how about this four game stretch for the Knights? And you only play one at a time, Mark. But uh, for ECU's perspective, uh, they're hoping that uh, UCF is peaking ahead to a homecoming date against Cincinnati on October 29th. After that, on the road at Memphis, who has shown they can lose to anybody or beat anybody any given week. And then Tulane in the top 25, a road date there. So that is a heck of a stretch coming up for the Knights. But to use that old phrase, Mark, I guess control your own destiny. Right now, UCF controls their destiny when it comes to the American and perhaps a uh, a New Year's Six bowl game if they can be the top-ranked team uh, out of the Group of Five. And uh, it's looking like that, you know, you get through all these games, Mark, that could very well be the Knights this year. It is. It's a challenging schedule for UCF because of four quality opponents. And, again, you can only one game at a time, so you can't really look ahead. I don't think UCF is looking ahead towards Cincinnati next week or Cincinnati. Either they play at SMU, and uh, they've got some injured guys who are hoping to get back. So, look, there's great respect for East Carolina. We know it's a tough place to play. We know the high-powered offense that uh, the Pirates have, and I think Gus has done a good job of making sure his football team understands that. Um, and, and I think the, you know they know they're in for a fight. And should they come through these next four games, it doesn't really get easy because then you face Navy team and the unique challenge that they bring, and then you end the game I mean, and the season against your rival. And despite South Florida's struggles, you never take those games for granted. So if by some chance they do make that run, I think they would have earned it. Uh, but we'll learn a lot about UCF over the course of the next month. And, uh, look, if you're trying to do you know those things of reaching your goals, then you need to earn it, and they'll have that chance to do it. Um, and, and like I said, we benefited by playing five of the first six at home. You'll play four of the next six on the road. And, uh, you know, that's where championships are won. So it starts on Saturday with the first of what will be really four, but really six uh, tough games down the year. Mark Daniels joining us. Mark, while we got you here, uh, you will quickly be uh, turning the page to some UCF hoops. So give us uh, an outlook on Johnny Dawkins' team and uh, what you think uh, we'll see on the court this year from UCF. Well, UCF and everybody else, the more than 300 teams of college basketball, have one thing all in common. There's new faces. Right. <laughs> Transfer portal world, um, there's some new faces all over the place, and the Knights are no different. Um, they've got some talent that they brought in uh, from other schools. Michael Durs, a big seven-foot center that started at South Florida, went to Indiana, transferred to UCF. Um, they've got a set of twins that have come in as freshman uh, basketball players, one really special guy up front, some returning players. C.J. Walker up front for UCF is, uh, I think, one of the better bigs in the Americans. So it'll be interesting. Um, like everybody kind of think, is it somewhat of a transition? I think Johnny Dawkins and his staff, you're always focused on the season at hand. They've tried to also take a look at where they're going in the Big 12 next year to sell that to particularly the freshman class this year. How do you get them some playing time so you go into uh, that grueling conference next year with a little bit of experience? So it, 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 it's how do I try to compete this year? and uh, get that recruiting process going for uh, the Big 12. So I think there's some level of excitement for UCF. We know that the top of the league is you know, very top-heavy, obviously, with Houston um, and Memphis. Then after that, you know, I think it may be a crapshoot down as to who could possibly finish uh, towards that top spot behind those two programs, who so I think are the rightful favorites. But, you know, football has still got a second half of the season. we all got a basketball game in about two and a half weeks. So, uh <laughs> 
it's all a fun time for everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, busy time for sure. Mark Daniels joining us. Mark, appreciate your time today. I uh, have a great call on Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you again down the road. Okay, guys. Thank you. Mark Daniels, play-by-play voice of the UCF Knights. Uh, our last date for a while, forever, uh, with UCF. We shall see uh, on the football field coming up this Saturday. UCF, a five-point favorite in the contest Saturday night. We'll be with you 3.30 Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and late night on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Uh, we will take a break, come back, wrap up hour one. Mike Mullis is going to join us in the Pirate Radio studios. So we'll talk to Mully. we got a baseball game about to begin in uh, 17-ish minutes. Game five, Guardians and Bombers. Winner goes to the ALCS. Take a break, come back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM and join the over 60,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. I was ready to take a picture, and that's uh, that's how that story ends, Mike. Yeah, great. All right, good. Shirley Rhodes is here with her Rockford Peaches hat on. Yes, sir. Peter Foote, head of the Foot Soldiers here as well, and the man of Chan, Chandler Honeycutt. Mike Mullis joining us. He'll uh, join us to wrap up Hour 1 and begin Hour 2. Mully, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, man. Good. We got a lot going on. We got... No, uh, there's... Yeah. It's a fun time of the year. MLB postseason about to begin here. We got uh, in the midst of college football, NFL, NBA opening night tonight for those that care about such things do we have any action tonight no we're getting close to that yeah, it's got to start i think soon. it's next week actually yeah. because i saw a graphic that said 48 68 how many ever straight days of football is beginning at the end of october because that's when you start to get your tuesday yeah. wednesday games and i know what tomorrow we got like app state and georgia state or something like that correct yep yeah. so uh we are uh we're all set ready mm-hmm. to go and then on sunday Packers, Commanders. I mean, I won't repeat what I said in my text to you, yeah. but it, that is a hard game to even care about. Oh, I don't care. I have. I, I don't either. Cared I, about a Commanders game since week two ish, maybe three. Since they became the Commanders. Well, I kind of cared about week one. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, look, who's gone more off the radar at this point, or off the off the rails? Uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? I mean, both these dudes, if anybody is reading their media clips, and those dudes don't have to look far to find a media clip about them, but they are just completely terrible teammates. Tom Brady is physically AWOL, and Aaron Rodgers is kind of, his body is there, but is he there? Can you imagine when he's in the, does does anybody even talk to him? 
And we've done this with Rodgers before. And with Brady to some degree. No, Bra- Brady, Brady, this is a whole new level. A whole new time. But with Rodgers, we're like, does he care? It seems like he's miserable. And then they'll still win 13 games. Right. That ain't going to happen. They're not going to make the playoffs at this pace. And, and look, that's fine. We don't have to watch them lose in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> but, I, you know, when I look at, at the Brady deal, you think he's sitting back going, man, like, I gave up Giselle for this. I don't know. I think he he's more about Brady than Giselle. Like, you think he's already got, like, a, another friend? I doubt it, Molly. I don't think any women are interested in Tom Brady. No. Old, <laughs> that old washed-up dude. <laughs> I, I don't know if his face keeps He looks worse it. with the plastic surgery. I like this. I like, This is my kind of radio. Me and you talking about Tom Brady's looks. Well, I mean, there's one of us that can do that. <laughs> I'll go for it, then. Well, I did. <laughs> uh, no, Tom Brady looks... He aged himself by not trying to age. Remember that movie, that Stephen King movie, Thinner? I do remember Thinner. It looks like he's like... In, he's, I could see that. Thinner. I think he's got to play another couple of years now. He might as well. I mean, we were joking earlier. He uh, He's taking time away from his teammates. He doesn't want to spend time with his family. Who does Who he does, That's to... right. Himself. He's standing there looking in the mirror. He's doing I, an A-Rod. I, he's kissing the mirror. I wonder... Um, does this tarnish his leg? Like, if he goes out this year, unless they get it turned around, does it? It seems like it takes a little shine off the penny for me. Maybe a little, but because it's, it's still... like he, there was kind of a standard of Tom Brady, and now there's he's pretty human. Pretty awful look by him to go to a wedding and then come back and scream at his lineman and. Well, in, in a wedding, I mean, it was Bob Kraft's wedding, and I heard somebody make a point. What is Bob Kraft thinking? Hey, let's get married during football season. Yeah, I mean, there's no well, chance that there's no chance we'll be inviting anybody affiliated with the NFL. So let's get married. You know who loved that though? Bill Belichick. He didn't have to go to a wedding. No, he did. Well, that was great. I don't know if he'd have made the list. You don't, th- you don't no. think so? I think if he wanted to go, if anybody could have gone, I mean, let's face it, the commute for Bill would have been a whole lot easier than the commute for Tom. Yeah, definitely to New York. Uh, and then Tom Brady was on a uh, some kind of podcast show deal with Kevin Durant, I yeah. guess, and others, and said that. When your NFL season's like going on a what a military uh, what was the word he used a tour uh, yeah I don't remember call it. the exact word but um, and you're you're like kissing your family behind yeah <laughs> and like but yeah I don't I don't should we, I don't, should we take him to task on this like he didn't mean it like that but it could be looked at as a little insensitive and like are you really comparing one thing right. to the other well that's I hear guys going we're going to war well you know yeah. what no you're not you're going to play a game <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's play hard. Let's you know, let's give it all we got. But we're not going to war. Aaron Rodgers on the podcast. Do you hear him when they ask him? Did he? I think it was a podcast. I'm pretty sure it was a podcast. Maybe it was a post game interview uh, when he was asked if he needed to. He was like beating everybody else down about you know guys not catching the ball, whatever. And he and they said, "Well, do you think you need to improve your game?" And he goes, oh, "I'll look at the film and you know I'll, I'll, I'll kind of evaluate it at that point." It, it, come on, man. Yeah. When yeah. you're losing, everybody needs to play better. These guys, uh, they have read their own headlines for years now and I guess have believed them all. How about Russell point. Wilson, too? I mean, what man? And, his, you know, he's always uh, ending the uh, the post-game presser with a, you know, let's ride or go Hawks or go whatever. He just jetted yesterday. He was gone. Yeah, not much else you can say. They stink. Their coach is awful. Their team is awful. They are bad, bad, bad. They're then, terrible. How about how last night ended? where the guy uh, tried to catch a punt with his midsection, basically. That's terrible. And uh, fumbled the ball and uh, 
chargers win they didn't look very good either i'm no. sick of the entire afc west i guess sands how Kansas do they have City. four wins i mean it's, i know they beat four bad teams but how do they have four wins chargers, the chargers are four and two yeah they are and herbert i like herbert but watching him last night i guess credit the broncos d they have been good all year but he's scared to throw it beyond five yards or at least he was last night who uh the the other team that comes to mind at, in the college ranks that has a really good chance to end up like 11 and 1 10 and 2 is carolina will that be the worst 10 and 2 11 and 1 team in the history of college football at least from a defensive standpoint uh, and they've well they gave up a lot to duke but they're trying to buckle down defensively I, they're not going to have that record look at what, who they got left let me see what they got the rest of the way yeah i mean it's so it looks like they're off this week they got pittsburgh at home uh which they can definitely lose that game uh at virginia virginia stinks they'll lose at wake forest they will lose at wake forest they got virginia tech at home and they'll probably lose whoever the underdog in the state game will win i it states reeling so bad yeah i mean they look their offense was completely inept you know obviously losing their guy <clears throat> that jack chambers we saw last year in daddy ficklin stadium had has not shown up well in, and in you know and there, i don't know we'll see what happens that's that I mean obviously you don't have to be a genius to realize that is everything for them right now everything Let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap up hour one here. Let's get into hour two. We'll talk to Mully. We'll also talk to our old friend Zach Maskovich down at WESH in Orlando, Florida. We'll get his take on East Carolina and UCF. And Bryce Williams joins us hour three of Pirate Radio Live. And we'll see what you want to talk about. Chime in Facebook Live and YouTube on uh, what's going on on your sports plate on this Tuesday. A lot more to go. PRL, we're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. You can shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility, brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World, across from Speedway at Bells Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Yankees and Guardians underway. Game five of the series. Winner going to the ALCS. Leadoff hit for Quan, and then I believe that was Rosario. Maybe. I think that's right. Uh, who tried to bunt him over Mully. Well, and, and, uh, and question, break down that bunt. I'm not sure that he tried to bunt him over. I think it was a half-hearted effort at a bunt, but a bunt for base hit, maybe. Hmm. Because he uh, did not look to give himself up. Okay. And really, all I want to do is see Naylor come to the plate with uh, nobody on. <sighs> Why? So somebody can throw a baseball at him? 100%. Well, instead of doing that, why don't they just... Let's skip all that and just charge him and fight him. Why do you got to throw a baseball at the guy? Well, you he... got something's got to light the fire. Yeah, just charge the plate. 
Just run at the plate. Yes. Yeah, that don't make any sense. But throwing a baseball at a guy does? If you're going to yell, I'm going right. to leave. You're right. You're right. You're right. We can do this like gentlemen. I can do this like gentlemen. So can I, Mike. Okay. I don't, I, I guess I don't, I don't get the. Well, I mean, you don't have to understand it. Well, it's talk it through me and help I, me understand I, I, this it. This has been too many years of trying to explain this to you. Guy hits a 500-foot home run. Rocks the baby. Goes around the bases like says, an idiot. Says that uh, Cole is his. He's my little son. My little son. He's my son. Right. Rocking the baby. Yeah. I mean, he's hitting 222 in the series. Yeah. He looks like an idiot doing that. Correct. But you think. That is the epitome of showing up the other team. Next time he comes up. Instead of striking him out, getting him out because he's hitting two twenty two, you throw a ball at him. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Plus, I I want to see it spark something. I want to see this game. Uh, I mean, it means a lot already, but I'd like to see. Uh, I'd like to see a little little animosity. Yeah, I'm okay with. Which okay, so you should be happy with Naylor doing that then. Watch your tone. Am, you're okay, but am I correct on that? uh with watching him rock the baby thing animosity little spice yeah, yeah it, it's not it we need some reciprocation though we yeah. need we need it we need the yankees to do something and and it will the yankees do it no i don't think so either can cortez throw hard enough to get the point across well I, yeah i mean I, you get hit by 90 in the ribs it'll it'll loosen you up a little all right mike mullis is here what are the uh equivalents in uh football when a guy does a disrespectful dance what do you do to that guy I, that's a whole different deal i'm asking well, because they i mean it's pretty much allowed it's a yeah like it's, it's allowed it's, in it's, baseball it's actually not only allowed say like a defensive end does something that disrespects the quarterback in a way then they but might they might have a tight end crack back but then again they'll throw a flag oh they throw a flag they throw a flag on them right it's not allowed like no, a, a celebration. So that is. takes that that answers your question. He could get a, I'm there's no about penalty in baseball. End zone celebrations. And there's no penalty for that. Yeah. So what do you do to retaliate well, if you feel disrespectful? If it gets too carried away, then I mean, I, it, then the then the penalty, the flag comes in. If there's if it's not flagged, it just is what it is. Well, if you go to the center of the star in Dallas, then you're going to get your you ass smoked. That's right. <laughs> and that was cool. And you get George some, T. Oh, so that makes that okay. But we can't throw a baseball to guy. We can run up and knock. I him. just said, we can run up and hit. Sorry, him. sorry, sorry. Tone it down. I just said I would like for him to skip the baseball throwing part and get to the fighting, just like George Teague did. Okay. So I'm being very consistent on what I'm saying. Okay. That was well done, Cliff. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm trying to to speak in a normal tone. Good. I'm tired of people asking me, why does Cliff always yell? And then Chandler starts yelling, and then they start talking about the buck, and it's all everybody's yelling. And I'm like, well, guys, I mean, it's part of their part of their deal a lot of people asking that smash the like yeah i get <laughs> that, that's working yeah i get that's that. a marketing spiel i would like people to like our stuff i don't see i don't know if you that. have to manufacture the likes do they really like it it doesn't matter or do they do it just to, so please like this thing so he'll stop they're sitting here watching it why okay. can't they like it well they can't smash the like hit the like and for some reason we have to get on them to do it they won't uh, do who, it on who, their own who you got in this game yankees yeah you gotta i mean they're at home you gotta like them a little deeper to pin uh, how about how uh, about aaron judge if you're aaron judge do you go back to new york or i mean i know they're gonna pay him a crazy amount of money but man they have been brutal on him i mean he had a banner year and they're just they're just uh, they're yeah. just murdering him yeah 
I, you know what? He, he He's the perfect guy for San Diego. Would he rather just go out hit home runs where people don't really care? And that, but, not you know, you? he'd go to San Diego. Speaking of which, Molly, we, I feel like we have given San Diego some crap over the years for bringing in a Machado, yeah. bringing in these guys. Well, it, it, it hit this year. It, it took him a little while. Yeah. I mean, well, and does it hit, though? That's a big payroll. What do you mean? I mean, that's a big payroll. We, we still don't know if it's... Okay, true. They beat the Dodgers, I guess. And I look at that almost... That's uh, a big deal. As Last year when the Braves beat the Dodgers, I celebrated more than when they won the World Series. And what about your Braves? Have we had a chance to talk about that? They just no. absolutely... They went Acuna out with... cashed that last game in. Yeah, a lot of case. He, it, his, his performance, what was the ball for wall or something? He just kind of let it go. I, I don't know. It was bad. It was, uh, it was very bad. And... <laughs> They uh, went out with a whimper, and these games go by, these series go by so quickly. It, it never felt like they, I don't know, gave us anything, us being fans, uh, something to be excited about. Even like the three to, what was it, three one, three nothing win. I don't know. That, How that, much do they miss Freddie Freeman in that situation? Well, if not, not only production wise, but I mean, just like his presence. He could have had the last strikeout uh, for us like he did with the Dodgers. Well, he could have. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I know, yeah. Because he, he's, I mean, he obviously is still a brave, even though he's wearing Dodgers gear. From a performance standpoint, I don't know. It, but Matt Olson had one of the two home runs in the series for Atlanta. But from a, look, last year, it was such a lightning in a bottle thing, to use the phrase, with Rosario went absolutely insane. I was looking at the, um, the highlights from last year's playoff run for Atlanta. And just about everybody in those highlights was not here this year. It was Solaire. It was Jock. It was a completely different Rosario. Ozzy Albies, who mm-hmm. was out with injury. Um, and there were uh, Adam Duvall. But that was also last year's team at the All-Star break. So at the All-Star break, their team changed quite a bit. Yeah. You Second know, so half of the season. They kind of had three teams over the last two seasons. Correct. Yeah. You're right. And... Uh, I don't know. You just got to get hot, and and the Braves were not looked at as a World Series front runner going into the playoffs last year. The Phillies certainly weren't this year. No, I don't know if the Padres were. Um, if the Guardians win this game, they certainly weren't, and that leaves the big bad Astros. I, and, and well, and what ends up happening? I was thinking about this the other day, Rod. You know, you you end up with a less than a less than sexy World Series, no doubt, which is the last thing baseball needs right now. What is the least sexy? Oh, God. I mean, Guardians, Padres? Any combination of the teams you just mentioned as teams that weren't supposed to be there are pretty unsexy. There's not even one that you go, well, this would be redeeming. Astros is the sexiest just because they still have some, like, vitriol behind their name. But... Well, Yankees would be the most, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you were saying that Cleveland gets through this. Right. So, I mean, if you have all the... I, that's ugly. I think the most sexy... I like using this word a lot today. Uh, the most sexy outcome that could be to this point is Phillies-Yankees. Yes. And I know the Phillies aren't great. They they got Bryce Harper. And, and you remember years ago I said no team will ever win a World Series with Bryce Harper? Yes. And I kind of walked it back a little bit as he's gotten older. I I, I even said, you know what, now that he's not like the guy he's a good player but he's got other players around him of his ability uh because he's kind of come back to the pack maybe they have a chance but i still think there's just 
there's just so much muster on that dog. I don't know if they'll get it done. I like watching Reese Hoskins. He's got a lot of power in his bat in that lineup too. Yeah, I like Reese Hoskins. Real, real Muto. I don't. Well, of course you don't, because you're a brave spike. No, that's fine. Should we hit him in the face next time we play him? I, look, I could deal with a spike. I could. I'm even getting to the point with like a. Uh, you walk a team off and you flip a bat up in the air. I get that. But running around the bases, rocking the base. Yeah, that, that's a little much. I mean, that was a... What, <laughs> and looking at the pitcher. And yelling the and whole time. And looking at the pitcher. But he's, the, again, he's the one that looks like a buffoon. If like. there was a way to throw a flag on that, they would have thrown a flag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And maybe that's, what they, maybe that's where baseball's going. We're going to throw a flag and you get a runner on first base. I like that. For excessive celebration. A flag in baseball. Is it like a five-yard penalty would be one base back, so you go to yeah. third? Uh, 10 yard you go to second so we're going to put Naylor on first or second right we're gonna, right we're going to make him he goes back to first mm. I think we're I like solving things here you, you know what that is actually I mean it's not a great idea but it's it's actually something to think about can you now imagine look. Molly the umps come out there discuss they uh and they point to the base you got to go back to yeah. and like, right please be third come on right right, yes. third. right second but you know what in the, in, in 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 professional baseball especially the difference in going from first to second base is a huge deal yeah look baseball brought to their game they brought the announcing after a review you know under all oh, right yeah. after a review, more like football now you can bring out flags and you can yep. you know deduct bases from out from the players i like that the uh, guy at home run, Kevin Monroe, as he's around the bases. No flags. <laughs> no flags. No, no flags, flags, Jeff. That's a home run, You know Jeff. what? That's, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, yeah. I like that. Molly's on our side. Yes, baby. We should wrap it up here. Not the show, the entire station. That's it. We did it. <laughs> Pirate Radio has Woo! enjoyed everybody listening. Smash the, the like. I don't know if y'all remember, but I brought that up. So you guys are actually liking what I had <laughs> suggested. Yeah, I, I was the one that brought that up that they would have thrown a flag if they could, and maybe sending back. Do, to, we didn't do anything. And maybe to move the idea. But here's the most important thing: maybe, maybe sending back. To we first agreed place. on it, and we we basically were high fiving each other for that. You're you're giving me no credit for what we just accomplished. <laughs> well, I I mean, your French is good, <laughs> Chandler. Hit the next topic. I need to take a break with Mo. I got. Uh, what's going on in the Live Tour? How did uh, Harold do last week? Uh, he cashed a big check. Uh, finished T thirty three. So you know, how about uh, Freddie? Was it Freddie? Freddie won the sass. Yeah, Freddie. Freddie won the s- couples. Yeah, shot. his swing has not changed over the. Uh, well, he shot a smooth sixty. I mean, that's pretty wow. freaking impressive. You know, twelve birdies. I saw a side by side of his swing in like ninety three to like this weekend, and his swing has just not changed. It's, well, it's as smooth as it's as smooth as it was thirty years ago as it is today. And he's never been a guy that tries to overpower the golf ball. So you know, he yeah, that that swing has stood the test of time. But yeah, uh, we had a uh, Rob Taylor actually was able to go take some some pictures of that and uh, was talking about just interacting with those guys. Pretty cool experience. So, I like that Freddie Couples. It always looks like he wears like boat shoes to play. Yeah, Freddie is like, he's a dude that just seems like like I'm like I'm almost asleep. Like I mean, you know, this is pretty easy for me. Even at you know, was he? I don't know. Was he 55 now? Something like that. Maybe even a little older. I don't. I really don't know. All right, Chandler. Good job. Hit the next one. All right, I'll go parallel to the live. Where is? Where is PGA staying now? I, I, uh, I they, they came out and announced there. You know they're doing their big incentivized tour stops, so they have come out now. Uh, I didn't get a chance to read it, but I saw that they've 
uh, I can't remember what they're calling their enhanced tournaments, which is bigger purses to compete with the live. Uh, they, they made that announcement like today or yesterday. So, I mean, who knows with the PGA. Uh, another, the Zozo, uh, Keegan Bradley, first win in four years or four and a half years. The guy that you'd kind of left for dead, you had Keegan Bradley and Ricky Fowler, one and two. So that's, you know, that's good for the game. Uh, they, may be, they may have done just enough to boost boost their stock, and next thing you know, you see one of them head to the lift or who knows. But, um, but it's good for the game to get those two guys back being – you know competitive as we stand now molly where do what what tournaments can live guys play in like can they Man, go masters good luck they uh, there's been no official statement yet it's all based off world golf rankings everything except for the masters the masters can invite me and you i mean if they wanted us to play um so last year there was live tour members playing in what major they played Rami? they gosh british they played in the maybe the masters i man, i can't remember it's become so it much later ones I feel uh, like. but they uh yeah it was the guys that still had the world golf ranking oh, okay to gotcha. be there right um so uh you know so that's yeah, gonna exclude them then and I, the fedex cup had uh some guys down the down the stretch in the playoffs that were still eligible so i mean who knows that you know the live golf tour made this move to join up with uh, the mina tour or something which is a a tour somewhere overseas that is a they get world golf ranking points so they've kind of partnered with them as an affiliate uh, and so they so they can like back channel so they their can way. back channel. but <laughs> the problem is so many of their events the the how do you give points when everybody else is getting points based off uh going off you know uh tee times and they're playing 72 holes how do you give uh 54 hole credit and you're playing shotgun star games or matches i, I don't i mean it's apples to oranges yeah. you know it's it is the the epitome of that old cliche my mullis joining us pirate radio studios molly uh we got a little problem here We've got so we were talking about this. Uh, the Yankees last night were going to start Jameson Talion, and instead, uh, since the game gets moved to today, they start Nestor. Uh, the Guardians were uh, going to start Savali last night. Instead of going to Bieber, they stick with yep. Savali today. And now we wonder, you know, is Bieber available? The, the I got to imagine the hooks are going to be. They'll be quick. Pretty quick in this game five, Molly. Well, this is a good strikeout guy. Uh, Giancarlo. Yeah, so uh, it may, I don't think they would go quick matchups right now, but this is a uh, this is a, a definitely a, a you know this is a favorable favorable matchup right on right big strikeout guy. Problem is he can also make it a three run game with one swing. Uh, I don't know that he'll see anything to hit in this at bat or not much of anything to hit, but um, we'll see. Two zero. Two oh two. This on. is the pitch right here. Oh, and he crushed it. Yep, hit it out of there. He is strong, man. I mean, and that—that's a just a non-competitive miss. He misses. Uh, he misses in his barrel. I mean, he misses. You know, mid-thigh fastball, not away. It kind of gets out of third. Man, that's just uh, in a two zero pitch. I mean, you got to bounce that. You got to do. You, you do anything other than that, obviously. Hey. And if you think you're going to beat him away with that short porch there. That's not going to happen. I, I would love to see the spray chart on how many balls he's hit out to right. Opposite field, line drive, laser run into right field for Giancarlo Stanton. Got on cue. He can make it a 3-0 game in a hurry. <clears throat> he did uh, what Mully said, don't do, and that's give him one right I mean, there. You see where that, I mean, that pitch is – That was fat. That is just a – yeah, it's mm. just a awful, awful pitch. 
All right. Three nothing bombers in the first inning. And uh they are on their way. Well, you know who might be safe now is old Mr. Naylor. Because I don't know if you hit a guy to put him on. Well, you don't want to start a rally, but it's better to do it when you're up than Yeah, it is. Tied. It is. It is. And now you do it. Let's hey, see. maybe bring in uh can they call up Araldus Chapman? No, he's he's at the He would be a good candidate. He's in Miami. Up. Yeah. These dudes don't want to no hat on. I, I have seen that a lot, Mully. I have oh, they're seen putting, them, a, putting his card in it. Oh, okay. I have seen a lot of guys warming up without a hat in the bullpen. I was going to ask you about that, but I think we just figured out yeah, why. Yeah, he's putting a card in it. Uh, what do you think about cards and hats? Ah, man, look, I, it's uh, you go out and watch a game now, and it's they're you know they're all got on eye watches and they're getting the you know the stuff straight from the pen. Did I hear that a guy, a pitcher, was adjusting his hat because his Bluetooth was messed up? Do they have yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Who's talking to him? Uh, Catcher. I, I or think manager? it's the pitching coach. I, I don't know. I've never been around that, so I, I did look it up though, and it was uh. The, the website for that, I don't remember the name of the gadget, but I looked it up, and the website is like looks like looks like my boys designed the website, so it wasn't like you know overly impressive. But I, I I would imagine now that they've started to take root, they could probably build whatever um, whatever website they want. Pirates Knights coming up, as that is a beautiful play, but an infield single for Josh Donaldson. Pirates and Knights, Molly, uh, UCF five point favorite. Coming off a seventy point. What's the uh? What, what's the what's the total? Sixty five. Last year, a lot of points. Last year, yeah. twenty to sixteen. Yeah, was the score. I, you got to feel like it's going to be a high scoring affair, don't you? I mean, I. Well, here's I, what I, 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 I go ahead. I'm sorry. Here's what I said last hour. East Carolina went forties versus Campbell, twenty versus Navy, forties versus South Florida, nine versus Tulane, forties versus Memphis. And in, and in today's world, that's called analytics. So if you're you know going to wager on it, you have to take the analytics that and say ECU goes at least under. I, I think they go fourteen wins, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't you know. I hope not. I mean, I think it's. Um, I mean, that, that UCF's offense is no joke. They just put up a seventy burger against Temple. Their defense is uh, giving up fourteen a game. Uh, well, I didn't realize that. I just all I'd kind of paid more attention to what they've done offensively. They're good. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what? To to do what this program wants to do, you got to beat the good teams too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's one of those deals. And quite frankly, man, you can't be riding higher high than they are right now from the standpoint of um, some games. You you know, some games maybe you're supposed to win. You don't win them quite like you wanted to win them. Uh, but you can pull a lot of positives out of what from a team effort and from a grittiness standpoint from what you saw from the Pirates the other night. So, I mean, I, I look. I think it's one you build on. Um, uh, it, it's I. I the bounce back coming off a tough L. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of positives that came out of that game. Obviously, you know, would have liked to see a just nice, clean thrashing, but it, but it is what it is. Yeah, we, uh, we don't get a lot of those. But great comeback for the Pirates. And uh, four overtimes. Their bodies are feeling it. But like you said, hopefully uh, some momentum that can carry through. Yeah, that's, that's you know, that's kind of you get the guys together and go, well, she, you know, might not have been the prettiest at the dance, but she had a good personality and you'll take the win however you can get it. That's why you hang out with me, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> you, you just dance with the one you got. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, Molly. Great segment. Great showing. No, that's what I do. Uh, baseball flags. That's the thing we came out of with today. We sure did. Appearance. We'll we, take a break. we are uh, you geniuses. are such a me diva guy. <laughs> we we unbelievable. <laughs> we. <laughs> 
Wee wee. Charlie, hit music. Get this guy out of here. Zach Maskiewicz joins us when we return. We'll talk some UCF football. Get his thoughts on Pirates and Knights after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, the Yankees up 3-0 in the bottom of the first inning. Giancarlo Stanton, three-run bomb. So the uh, Bombers trying to make it to Houston for the ALCS. You got uh, NLCS game one coming up tonight between the Phillies and and the Padres on your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Pirates and Knights going at it this Saturday. Let's talk about it more with our old friend, formerly of WNCT Channel 9, now at WESH down in Orlando. Zach Maskovich joins us on the Pirate Radio uh, Live Line, the Pit Electric Live Line. Zach, how you doing, man? Clip, it is an honor. It's been too long, buddy. It has. It has. And it's great to hear your voice, catch up with you, and... Uh, Zach with WESH down there in uh, beautiful Florida. And uh, Zach covering a lot of interesting things right now, trying to figure out what's going wrong with uh, Tampa Bay Bucks football. But when it comes to UCF football, they seem to be clicking. About 70 points last week against Temple uh, as that offense was fired on all cylinders, it appears. Yeah, it, and it kind of got out of hand from Temple uh, after the you know going into halftime. Uh, early in the first half, it was fourteen thirteen UCF and ahead of Temple, and then they went on for fifty six unanswered points. Uh, but yeah, John Rice Plumley had the best game of his UCF Knights career. He had seven total touchdowns, uh, four through the air, three on the ground, and uh, he he was just that's the best we've ever seen him play here in Orlando. Um, and they definitely, the Knights want to keep that performance rocking and rolling because he's been kind of inconsistent throughout this season through non-conference play. Uh, he, was, he would have a good game, then a bad game, a good game, and a bad game. Against Georgia Tech, he only threw for 49 yards in the entire game. So he's, uh, he's kind of been a roller coaster, uh, but Knights fans were definitely happy with his performance on Thursday night. Uh, last week when when they hung a 70-burger on the Owls. And, man, the rushing numbers, very impressive for uh, John Rice Plumley. But how about uh, passing, Zach? And I hate to, like, tempt fate here, but I don't know. Is he better on the ground than he is through the air? Sound like you figured some things out against Temple. But how about just as a throwing quarterback and a a throwing offense? uh, Tell us about this team. Yeah, I definitely think with John Rice, uh, his legs are his, his strong suit. Uh, he's definitely not scared to tuck the ball and run at the first sight of any kind of trouble. Um, so far, while covering Gus Malzahn here at, at uh, UCF in Orlando, you know, he's he kind of has a stagnant offense. It's not very, you know, he's not going to draw up any, you know, crazy plays. Uh, the quarterbacks don't really throw the ball downfield too much. 
We did see John Rice complete a couple long passes against the Owls on Thursday night, but that hasn't really been his M.O., and it wasn't uh, the the Knights' M.O. the year before when Mikey Keene uh, was quarterback. It's a lot of, you know, dink and dunk passes and uh, look for the check down, uh, you know, wait and get it to a running back and let them do it with their legs. Uh, so I, I wouldn't call it a very scary pass offense, not like uh, some Knights teams of the past with Dylan Gabriel and Mackenzie Milton. Uh, this is more of a, uh, you know, gain chunks of yards at a time. They won't, you know, they won't blow you up with the big play all the time, but, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll cut you with little paper cuts until they get to, to where they're going. So it's definitely a team that can put up a lot of yards and a lot of numbers. Uh, you know, it'll be a team that we look at, at the, the scoreboard and see that they have 400 yards of offense. And you're like, well, how did they get that? Because I haven't seen, you know, any real big uh, electrifying plays. So uh, this team is, they're rolling. Uh, only one loss on the year to Louisville. And uh, I think we're, we're going to have a good one on Saturday night uh, with UCF leaving the state of Florida for the very first time. Yeah, interesting nugget there as uh, UCF has played on the road at FAU uh, but have not left the state of Florida this year. This will be the first time. And, man, they got a gauntlet coming up, Zach. And uh, we're hoping that there's a, a look-ahead potential here with Cincinnati at homecoming going to UCF next week and then two tough road games at Memphis at Tulane. So right now, and I mentioned this earlier with Mark Daniels, but UCF, uh, yeah, they got the conference on the mind and winning that, but they get through this stretch, they are potentially looking at one of those big New Year's Six games. Yeah, that's definitely something that I think is on a lot of fans' minds is the potential for that New Year's Six uh, bowl. But the team obviously can't look past ECU. Uh, but ECU kind of has a big game on the horizon, too. they got to go to Provo, right, to, to take on BYU. Next one. Friday, yeah. So, yeah, so I think that both teams kind of got to really focus in on this one game, can't look past it. But the both teams do have some big games coming up ahead. So, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta look at the the you know the coaches cliche taking one game at a time, uh, but I'm sure that uh, Dally Ficklin Stadium, as I know you know, is going to be uh, quite electric with the Knights coming in, and uh, you know this could be a big win for ECU if they can pull it off, and it could be a big win for for UCF if they win uh, a true road game here. So. Uh, you know, it should be exciting come Saturday night. And depending on what ECU offense we get, I'm assuming we're going to see a few more fireworks than we saw last year in the 20 to 16 meeting, Zach. And I'm looking at the numbers now: 359 total yards of offense for uh, UCF, 360 for East Carolina. And uh, you, I, I'm, ass- I'm assuming those numbers are going to go up this year, but you never know. It sounds like UCF's offense. Uh, it's certainly been clicking uh, a lot more than just putting up 20 like they did last year against ECU. Yeah, the, the offense has been clicking a little bit more under uh, you know year two of Gus Malzahn, but uh, the defense has kind of been a big surprise too. They uh, they'll give up a lot of yards, but they don't. They have a really good red zone defense. Uh, going into the the Temple game, I believe they were the number one red zone defense in the country, and I don't see why that would have changed uh, with with that game against the Owls. Uh, but I haven't looked at the the updated stats, but. Uh, you know they got some guys you got to look out for. Linebacker Jeremiah Gene Baptiste is very good. Um, Traymond Brash coming off the defensive line also very good. Uh, so I think that that uh, it should be interesting. I asked uh, Jeremiah Gene Baptiste uh, on Monday about uh, how you got to tackle a quarterback like Holt Nailers, who's built like a tight end, left-handed, uh, not scared to put his shoulder down and, and run through somebody. And he just said we like to hit people too. So they're definitely looking for a, a physical kind of game. Um, and uh, look out for that linebacking crew of, of UCF. They're uh, they're definitely not something to, to overlook. 
Going to be a fun one under the lights. Uh, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium coming up Saturday night, 7.30. Our pregame coverage begins 3.30 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to that kickoff. Zach, uh, are you making the trip this year? I am not coming up to Greenville. I wish I was, but uh, our uh, travel budget kind of got knocked around by uh, the hurricane that just came through uh, yeah. uh, Florida, so we had a we had to deal with a lot of that kind of stuff. So uh, the traveling's kind of been kiboshed a little bit than what we would normally like. But uh, I'm hoping that the next time that the Knights are, are back up in the old ENC 252 that I can uh, make the trip back up. Yeah, Hurricane's uh, following you around from eastern North Carolina down there to uh, Orlando. How'd you uh, guys make it out, Zach? Yeah, Florence and uh, gave me a good prep for Ian. Um, but, uh, you know, they pull us into to news coverage whenever there's a you know a major storm like that. It's all hands on deck. Uh, so I was out with a uh, reporter doing storm coverage, and uh, we were in this very remote part of central Florida um, out in Lake County. It's about 40 minutes from Orlando. And, uh, you know, we're, we had the overnight shift, so it was about midnight. We're driving very slowly around this very dark road, came across a tree, that you couldn't even really see, um, and that a car had just hit it uh, and almost ripped the roof off of it. Uh, we got out. Luckily, everybody in the car was okay, but uh, you know, it was pretty scary to, to roll up upon. And after we we got done, you know, reporting on that, I was like, "All right, we're heading back to Orlando because I'm not going to be here when the next tree falls down." Um, so there there's some parts around here that got that got beat up pretty good. There's still some you know flooding damage and all that kind of stuff that people are trying to get through. But uh, you know, personally. We made it through the storm uh, without any real damage to where I live. So, uh, you know, just hope that everybody can recover from the storm. Um, you know, Southern Florida got hit a lot harder than we did here in, in uh, Central Florida. So, hopefully, uh, everything gets cleaned up sooner rather than later. Our old buddy Zach Maskovitz joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. Zach, in addition to UCF uh, athletics, uh, you'll cover what the Bucks, the uh, the Orlando Magic. How about you know Florida high school football? What all the, are you covering on a weekly basis down there? Yeah, just like uh, back in Greenville, we have a, a high school football Friday night show. Uh, call it, we call it Friday Night Hits down here, unlike a uh, good old Touchdown Friday with Brian Bailey. Um, but yeah, it's kind of you know kind of the same style of show. We go out and cover a lot of uh, a lot of high school football, and there's a lot of talent here in Florida. Um, we got some some really good high end uh, recruits. Uh, one in particular, a kid that plays at Edgewater High School, which pumps out a lot of Division One talent. Uh, Running back named C.J. Baxter. He's the number two running back in the country, committed to Texas. Uh, you know, he's fun to go out and watch whenever you get a chance to go see him play. Uh, you know, we're getting ready for the Magic opening their season. Uh, I believe it's tomorrow night. They're going to be in Detroit, and we'll see how uh, number one overall Paulo Bancaro pans out. Uh, I know that the Magic have been really happy with the way he's looked in training camp and throughout the preseason. So hopefully he can hit the ground running and kind of start to make a turnaround here. The Magic have kind of, you know, been a – bottom feeder for a little while here but they got a good young core young nucleus a lot of guys from north carolina you got cole anthony from uh, unc you got paulo bancara from duke wendell carter from duke um so you know we're, we're hoping that uh, they can turn things around with year two under jamal mosley uh we got the the tampa bay bucks we do a lot of stuff with uh on sundays and uh you know we got a we got a good litany of stuff here we got some golf tournaments coming up we'll have the daytona 500 coming in february um, so, you know, we're always busy down here in Florida. Uh, Orlando's definitely turned out to be a, uh, much more lucrative sports market than I originally thought coming down. You know, I knew that there was the magic, there was, uh, Orlando city SC, the Orlando pride in the NWSL. Um, but you know, we got a minor league hockey team, the Orlando solar bears, 
we got an arena football team, um, the Orlando Predators. So we got we got all kinds of stuff uh, down here, and uh, luckily the weather is good pretty much year round. So you know, still get out on the golf course and play golf. You can go to the pool in December. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's good. And then uh, you know, reunited with uh, good old Alex Walker TV. Yeah, the job down here in Orlando. So I know you're talking to him later in the week. Um, just saw him a little bit earlier today. Uh, so he's liking it down here. So. You know, we got a we got a good little Eastern North Carolina alumni crew down here, um, working now that Alex is down here. Yeah, um, man, I had no idea the Orlando Predators were still the thing. I remember, I got the most random sports memories, uh, Zach. I'm sure you do too, as a sports guy. But I still remember a guy named Barry Wagner, who was like the uh, Jerry Rice of the Arena Football League. Um, if you get an interview with him, if he's still alive. Let's see. Uh, Jay Gruden also is in the uh, Predators yep. Hall of Fame. I see. Barry Wagner, though, man, that guy was freaking awesome. Ask around. Well, if I if I run across him, I'll make sure I give you a call and I'll, uh, I'll let you talk to him. <laughs> I'll be the only one interested in that interview. <laughs> Barry Wagner. No, those games are a lot of fun to go to. I've I've only been to one or two of them, but uh, they're a lot more fun than I expected them to be. Uh, well, you just you take know. the over, right, and and have fun. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. The, the ball goes into the stands. The fans get to keep it. And, nice. Uh, you know, it's, it's electric. You get guys like hockey getting slammed up into the walls. and uh, They're pretty much playing on concrete. That turf isn't much of anything. Mm. So it's uh, it's uh, it's fun to watch if you can go catch an arena football game. Speaking of gambling, uh, back in February, I, I put in a bet, Zach. Um, I had it plus 400 that the Orioles would have a better season than the Ravens. And I haven't paid attention. How am I doing on that long shot bet? <laughs> wow, uh, that might be paying off. Uh, I had a, <laughs> I had a bet on uh, the Orioles had won ten games in a row right before the All Star break, and I put a twenty dollar bet to win twenty grand for them to win the World Series. Mm. Uh, that one didn't cash out, but uh, would have been nice. Yeah, I mean, heck, you had something to cheer about uh, late in the summer, so into the fall, that was pretty cool uh, for you guys. So. Zach, uh, great to catch up with you, man. How's uh, We need to update our fantasy football rules. I think a lot of, has changed in the last four to five years whenever we did that last. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, what was the Greenville 7's name? Uh, Justin Jackson, the old Chargers running back. Justin Jackson, that's yeah. the Greenville 7. And uh, our rule about always starting Deshaun Watson, we need to amend uh, that one, I think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, and if you, have you ever ran into London Bortles down there? He used to spend some time in Florida and UCF, right? Yeah, here's a funny story for you. So you know how he uh, he went and uh, retired on Pardon My Take? Yeah. If you, li- if you listen to the end of that, uh, he said that there was a news station down here that said that he was going to go into equestrian. I'm not going to say which news station it was, but uh, it was pretty funny when we heard that uh, – that at the end of the podcast there that uh, somebody <laughs> took a fake Twitter account and uh, oh. was going to go for a question. Yeah, he went to high school around here. He went to high school like 15, 20 minutes from UCF, so I think his parents still live uh, around here. He got I, I talked to him last year when he got inducted into the UCF Hall of Fame. We went and did a little interview with him. Um, so I'm sure he's down here from time to time to visit his parents and stuff, but uh, you'd be very surprised at the number of professional athletes and celebrities that just live in around Orlando that you would never think of. Um, you know, Ken Griffey Jr.'s kids went to high school around here. Uh, I think he still has property here. If you go to Magic Games, you'll see uh, Mets second baseman Francisco Lindor sitting courtside a lot. Hmm. Uh, so I guess he lives here in the offseason. So 
there's a lot going on down here. And, uh, Zach, one more nugget for you. Uh, were you aware that Kobe Bortles is an assistant coach for ECU Baseball, the brother of Blake? I was not aware, but uh, now I learned something new today. There you go. That's what it's all about. Learning something. Learning one thing every day, something new you didn't know the previous day to keep that brain going. Zach, great to catch up with you, buddy. I hope you're – and I know you're doing well down there, so keep up the good work, and uh, we'll keep in touch and uh, talk again down the road, man. Yeah, it was awesome, Clipper. Always always good to join you here on Pirate Radio. Tell everybody back in ENC, especially Brian Bailey, I said hello. Will do. Thank you, Zach. All right, man. Zach Maskovich joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. We will talk to another, uh, another former uh, sports guy around here, Alex Walker, who worked at uh, WITN seven years ago. He uh, has just joined Zach down at Orlando at a competing station. So we'll continue the uh, UCF talk throughout the week here on Pirate Radio. Huge game coming up Saturday night. 7.30 between the Knights and the Pirates. We'll take a timeout, come back, get ready to wrap up hour number two. Get you set for hour three, where Bryce Williams will join us inside the Pirate Radio studios, talking Pirates, Tigers, and also getting you ready for East Carolina and Central Florida. We'll go Pirate Radio outdoors and uh, have a lot of fun with Bryce Williams, hour three of today's show. It's all ahead on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss a show on Pirate Radio? Well, you can listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Party back with you, Pirate Radio Live. We got an Aaron Judge home run in New York. It is four to nothing now. Yankees over the Guardians. Still early, but it's getting uh, late early for the Guardians. Down four nothing in Game Five of that series uh that score and others brought to you by the buccaneer music hall aka the buck the buck thank you chandler let's hear from mike houston earlier today at his weekly press conference as the pirates get set for the ucf knights also look back at the win over the memphis tigers here were his opening comments well obviously uh, exciting weekend uh this past weekend with homecoming and everything went along with that and then of course uh you know a, a, a kind of a game to remember probably for a lot of our alumni and fans uh with four overtime uh, win over memphis and a, a very good memphis football team and i'll tell you just you know they uh they were every bit uh, what we thought they would be and uh, just really pleased with uh being able to get the victory uh obviously it was not easy and uh our our kids had to uh you know come back time and time again and just really pleased with the way we stuck together, uh, pleased with uh, just kind of the toughness and, and resiliency and effort uh, that we played with, uh, and just uh, you know just the way we won it. We just made it, you know, makes it one that uh, 
you know, you have certain games in your career that you'll never forget, and I think that's one of them that you'll you'll never forget. Kind of, you know, some of the big plays in that one, and what, the way we won it in the end. So, uh, you know, big win for the season, big win for our program. Uh, you know, short uh, short memory though, uh, because we got another uh, very challenging game coming up against a very very talented uh, UCF team who is off to a great start this year. And you know, just watching you know a little bit of their game against Georgia Tech before I came up here and. Uh, you know, just seeing how they match up against, uh, you know, an ACC team. And uh, you saw them against Louisville. And, uh, you know, obviously they've had a couple of big wins here the last two weeks over SMU and Temple. Uh, so, you know, we have quite a challenge. Um, you know, thank goodness we're at home. So excited to be back in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, another uh, 7.30 kickoff, uh, you know, due to TV and uh, – you know, playing on ESPN again this week. So, uh, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity for our program and one that I'm sure our kids are going to be ready to go. Um, you know, really need, uh, need our crowd back in it. You know, I think they were, they were a big, big part the other night, uh, especially in overtime, uh, just with the atmosphere in the stadium. Uh, and, you know, we need that uh, kind of 12th man again uh, this Saturday night. So it uh, should be a great matchup. All right, Mike Houston there. Looking forward to a uh, showdown with the Knights coming up. And Mike Houston talked about seeing another dynamic quarterback this week, John Rice Plumley, the name uh, for week two. And uh, Mike Houston is well aware of him. Cut two. I know. That's, I've seen too much of him already. So, um, you know, obviously uh, played two sports at Ole Miss. He played baseball and football at Ole Miss. He was a starting quarterback um, there and, uh, you know, Lost out in that competition, transferred to UCF, but uh, you know he's a big kid, uh, probably six foot six one, two hundred pounds. Um, you know, four 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 five speed. So I mean, he has breakaway speed. Big muscular kid. Uh, does a really good job in the quarterback run game. I mean, when when your quarterback is also your leading rusher and you're not running the triple option, that says something about his ability to run the football. So. Uh, he has over 500 yards gained rushing this year. He's thrown for over 1,500, uh, doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, and then all of a sudden you put him with, you know, some of those skill kids that UCF has, and it just makes it a very, very dangerous offense. And, you know, there's a reason. You look at the game against Temple last week, and, you know, you're watching it's 14-13. Okay, five minutes to go in the first half. And then UCF scores the next 56 points, you know, 21 before halftime. And, you know, Temple must have no. They didn't, Temple didn't turn the ball over. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't get a, a kick blocked. You know that UCF didn't return a punt or a kickoff for a touchdown or anything like that. You know it was just how, that's how explosive UCF's offense is with Plumlee uh, and his surrounding cast there. And so um, you know it's, it's it's probably our biggest challenge of the year so far. All right, let's hit one more before we take a timeout. Uh, UCF. Known for speed, and Brian Bailey asked, is that the biggest concern uh, when it comes to the Knights? Is their team speed? Cut three. Well, I thought they were pretty fast last year, too. I mean, I, I do think the quarterback with um, Richardson and O'Keefe, um, and then they've got a couple of transfers, one from Alabama and one from Auburn uh, at the wide receiver position. I think you put the, a quarterback like Plumlee with those kind of skill kids, and I think that's what makes them so – so much more explosive offensively. Uh, you know, they were very good defensively last year. Obviously, they're very good again. They've given up 20 points or less in every game, uh, and the 20 points was to a very talented Louisville team. Uh, 
So I think that, uh, you know, the speed on the defensive side of the ball, yes, that stands out too. Um, but uh, I just, I, I think that they're a really solid football team, all three phases. All right, there he, oh. Oh, <laughs> there is Mike Houston earlier today. Uh, we've got a three-way collision in the Yankees game as uh no communication out there in the outfield and we had the uh what was that shortstop third baseman left fielder colliding it's a fair ball and the guardians are going to have first and second now with one man out and uh there is a man down for the yankees that that oh you heard in the background was bryce williams who we will welcome in when we kick off hour number three of pirate radio live here on a tuesday we are back with you right after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oak. They continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. A combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional government and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Braxton Green, and Joanne Weir or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Either way, Bryce, they're going to get their money. That's right. You know that. You know That's that. That's right. Any which way of Sunday? Was it Sunday? However it goes. You said it. Yeah. <laughs> Shirley, introduce our guest. I saw the light. I was baptized by the fire in your touch and the flame in your eyes. I'm born to love again. I'm a brand new man. All right. Y'all, y'all are so good synchronizing again. So good. Can we come sing at your church on Sunday? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do a Works little, uh, do a little old rugged cross. Mm-hmm. Works for me. A little he lives. Yep. What oh, you got, Chandler? Blessed assurance. <laughs> Jesus is mine. Okay. You went to Randy Travis School of Singing, didn't you? I did. Yeah. You, Proud uh, graduate. <laughs> you were in the beta club there. I was. Yeah. That's good. In the beta club. <laughs> Three wooden crosses. <laughs> Bryce, how the heck are you? I'm doing pretty good. Good. I'm doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Good to hear. Good to hear. And we uh, got some, I got some text from you the other night. Shaky game. Shaky game. I ball tell game. you what. Back and forth. It wasn't a, it wasn't an easy one to watch. That's for sure. <laughs> well, first of all, because you couldn't watch it. Uh, yeah, I was getting <laughs> highly upset. That's one thing that really frustrates me. When I'm expecting all this to go nice and smoothly and them having to hunt it down. And, of course, Anna just got off work, so she normally is my uh, technical support. Yeah, and yeah. And she's like, I'm tired. Just give me, let me bring I'm like, I got to watch. You know, I'm getting <laughs> flustered. She's like, would you relax? I'll get it. And so I was eating. I'm like, what? I, I finally just threw in the towel and said, I guess I'm just going to start eating dinner and, you know, watch a different game I didn't care a crap about. 
And then she came in after she got to relax for a moment and saved the day. So thank goodness for Anna. Um, and then I got to watch it. So I, I think I missed a touchdown from. Okay, so from you, my, if we're going by our the text chat there, you said. Oh yeah, uh, what text? Um, I remember <laughs> it was funny. Your you saying, uh, you know, how are they looking? And I said something like terrible or something. <laughs> yeah. I think you got it on. Oh, how are we playing? Bad. And you said, uh, the wife just came through. I'm watching it. I said, good. Now turn it yeah, off. Yeah, that <laughs> Because that I'm pretty sure that made it 17 to nothing yeah. right when you started watching it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I got a kick out of that when yeah. you uh, texted me that. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you came in right at the wrong time, but maybe the right time because that's when the Pirates got a score. Yep. And then uh, that big interception by mm-hmm. uh, McMillan there to, yeah. to get thank another touchdown. For, yeah, thank goodness for the defense there, there for a bit. I was trying to figure out, damn. Malik Fleming, not Jaquan. Yeah, it's like, who, it's like, who scored? And I was like, oh, wait, we've had we had a pick six. So and that was a very impressive return on that pick well, six. Well, the pick six was second half. Second half, uh, yeah. Fleming's got him in – position to position. score in the first half mm-hmm. late in the first half but yeah. yeah julius wood looked like an offensive player right yeah into the that, end zone. I was impressed by him but yeah thank goodness for the defense stepping up there um i guess i can i mean obviously special teams look a little better but we're still not 100 <laughs> percent. but I'll, I'll leave that around the kicker did good um so that was good to see that but on a positive note that was definitely uh going into four overtimes that was uh exhausting i mean that's definitely good for uh you know, shows our team plugging away and making it easy. You know, you can easily mess up. You know, they score and then you go. I gotta get the two, especially when I went to two point conversion. You have one play to do something. What did you, know. you think about the overtime rules? How do you like them? Because they are relatively new. I kind, I mean, I liked them. I think I liked how it progressed from you. Okay, you gotta drive the ball. Okay, then you gotta have to go for two. After you know, if you score, and then obviously just a one and done. Like, so I mean, I enjoyed that. Um, it was definitely nerve wracking, especially when on the Keaton Mitchell second, or when Keaton Mitchell caught it on the. Oh yeah, the and I was a like, man standing there. Yeah, with- I was getting, I was nervous because we had a little, just a smidge bit of a panic, you know, looking scramble for someone to throw it to. So thank goodness Keaton was there and he just did a little sidestep. Um, but that was definitely exhausting because you're like, I mean, it's one play. I mean, you screw it up. Um, you know, okay, that's, that's the end of it. But uh, and then obviously for um, CJ to you know make that you know obviously catch and then Holton with the pass. So that was good to see, and that definitely is. I heard Holton say you know they practice that a lot on one on ones, and I mean that back shoulder if it's thrown properly, it's literally unstoppable. So obviously they have good chemistry. Um, but yeah, it was definitely frustrating watching that um, throughout the game, the whole game really. Um, I'm trying to remember throughout the game, but it was such a long game. I forgot to take notes. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of plays, a lot of highlights in that game the other night. A lot of Keaton Mitchell, 33 touches for him yep. on Saturday. Yep. 29 carries, four catches, and he, you know, Rajay Harris is out. I think Marlon Gunn got banged up again, so mm-hmm. they decided instead of getting. Uh, Camaro Edmonds or somebody else there in the backfield just ride with Keaton and we thought he looked a little not 100% the previous week but man they were riding him the other night and for him to have those numbers that he did and his long carry on the night was 20 like usually he has that 80 70 60 Mm. yarder but uh, for him to have that kind of game showed a lot of consistency from the run. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, of course, the you know the announcer was saying, "Oh man, if he can just get past that one little bit, you know, he'll be gone." And it did feel like he was 
about to break one, but obviously with Memphis's secondary coming through. But uh, yeah, you were just waiting for him to you know bust one out for you know a long one, but definitely a good performance by him and you know obviously the Pirates. Uh, you mentioned uh, a new kicker, Andrew Conrad, uh, got yeah. his first taste of action the other night against the Memphis Tigers. Mike Houston talked about him earlier today at his press conference, uh, number four. Well, I think he um, he earned that opportunity last week with his performance in practice, and I think he backed that up with his performance in the game. So naturally, he's going to be listed as the starter on uh, on the depth chart. Um, but it's you know it's it's a thing he's going to have to compete every week, just like everybody else is. So uh, I was very pleased with the way he responded. Um, you know, I was confident after the last uh, you know the week before. I didn't feel like he was quite uh, you know quite there just yet but uh, i thought he made a big jump last week so i would anticipate uh him making uh continued improvement this week and our one blemish was a botched hold oh yeah yeah that i noticed at first the announcers were blaming it on the snap snapper and i'm like no like looking back like no nah. and then obviously once they replay it's like no nah, that was a good snap you know it was right there at it and um you know it's going to skewed skewed our stats for that game as far as special teams being 100 percent. but you know thankfully that was you know the only mishap they had and it didn't i guess initially affect us too much um because we ended up winning but um definitely for the new you know freshman kicker to come into a big game like that um step up i mean obviously i'm nervous you know i was nervous watching. all right let's see what happens just because we have had a bad taste in our mouth with special teams but definitely with the freshman coming in and you know as long as he i think he has built that confidence you know um with the the performance he had last week this past week so you know hopefully he can just keep that up and i'm anxious to see what happens when we come into a big time situation um uh for the kicking game Bryce Williams joining us. Bryce, not a baseball guy. And Bryce, I got to tell you, there's some bad defense on display. Yeah. Mm. These teams, so the Indians, or the Guardians, rather. It's the first time I've done that in a while. Um, who did they beat to get here? Chandler. The Rays. Rays. Uh, so they've won two. So they've this will be game 169, 70 for them, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. My math might be off. I just did a lot of numbers. Uh, the Yankees just had a play where three Yankees collided in left field, and the left fielder had to leave. The, the Guardians just had a play where the center fielder collides with the shortstop. Uh, they do make the catch, but... You would think, Bryce, they'd have enough time to kind of work out these issues by this point, right? Yeah, most definitely. So I was asking, you know, you know, who has uh, authority, I guess is the right term there. Um, and then when you say, obviously, the left fielder, you're like, you start breaking it down. You're like, well, daggum, shortstop. I mean, it's speaking for the Yankees, you know, you'd think you know by now about 170, I guess what it'd be more than 170 reps of them doing that. Oh, yeah. Just in game you know, game time, not including Plus 170 practice. times nine. That's how many innings they've played. Plus, you know. Sheesh. There's three outs in innings, so yeah. multiply that. Um, no, nah, yeah, the, the guy coming in has – but the problem was you had both guys saying, I got it, I got it. Right. And none of them had it. So. And uh, so you kind of figure – I'm curious what the film session will be like that, uh, what the film session will be like when they look that over. Um, but I guess it doesn't make you kind of a reassurance that even professionals make up, uh, mess up. I saw, um, uh, speaking of collisions on the field, let's go to football. It was, now I'm trying to remember the game. Was it Cup? No, it was Renfro and Adams at the end oh, of yeah. the uh, Raiders game that ran into uh, each other. 
yeah and you know i guess those that's not supposed to happen no obviously so what what was the mistake do you know the mistake on that particular play or plays like that if i had to guess you know um because i obviously had renfro i guess looked like it was going for a, a corner route and then obviously adam's going for a post so which is a play like normally it's called like scissors you know they cross and obviously it confuses the defense of which man to take so if i had to guess that was somewhere along the lines of a play like that um but was, one is supposed to be a little shorter right the there's other, one right? guy who probably took his route a little too deep yeah or one too short so that would also be a very uh, interesting you know film session to watch that play to see um what was called and what was supposed to happen but um if i had to take a guess because Adams is new, I don't see Renfro messing up like that. Oh, yeah, first-year guy. Yeah. yeah. So if I had to guess, I'm going to say it was uh, Adams' fault. But then again, you never know. Uh, let's get back to Mike Houston as he talked about UCF and their lead league-leading rushing attack. They run the football with their quarterback. They'll run it with their receiver, O'Keefe. And, of course, their running backs uh, cut six, Charlie. Well, you know, we touched on it a little bit already. You know, you have a you have a, a dual threat quarterback, and then you have all those other players. You know, I, I didn't even mention in my opening remarks um, Bowser, you know, who was our starting tailback last year, and you know, he and Richardson are kind of co-starters uh, this year. But the, you know, they have uh, multiple quality running backs. Uh, Harvey's going to play a lot. Uh, their backup quarterback. Uh, Castellanos, uh, the true freshman, uh, may be faster than Plumley. Uh, he had three long touchdowns against Temple the other night. And so I think that, uh, you know, you got a lot of challenges with the weapons that they have. And obviously, uh, offensive line, I think they're very, very solid. Uh, you know, a transfer from Virginia and a transfer from Jacksonville State at the two tackles. Uh, their centers are returning a kid that uh, all conference caliber players. So I just think they're a very solid running football team. Uh, obviously, we're going to have to play very, very well up front, linebacker, box level, uh, you know, this week to be able to slow them down. Uh, but uh, the combination of their ability and their scheme that they run uh, is a huge challenge. Bryce, they are averaging like 260 on the ground, 260 through the air, basically. And uh, quite a challenge. Their score average this year is UCF 41, opponent 14. So they have been pretty dominant. Their lone blemish was, uh, a, I mean, a frustrating game. They sh- probably should have won there in Orlando against uh, Louisville. Uh, that was their only loss of the season. So they come in here coming off a 70-point performance against Temple, and uh, and they'll be ready to go. They'll be flying around. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I'm curious what the spread is, but I guess we'll get to that quiz later in the, uh, in the show. I'll let you yeah. guess. Right now? Guess right now. Oh, God. If you guess right now and know, go ahead and know it, then you'll be a little better prepared at the end when I ask the, your prediction. Right, so that's true. I mean, Go ahead and get it out of the way here. So they are 6-1, and 5-1, and 6-1, and 6-1. Putting up some dang good points. 4-3, and three, yeah. So uh, our average maybe is 27, something like that, maybe? What, points per game? Yeah. I'll average, look it you know? up. We might um, be a little higher I'm going to go, I must say... Last year's score, before you say anything, mm-hmm. uh, 20 to 16 at UCF one. Mm. So, Okay. I'm going to go with that, you know, playing well against a very good opponent. Um, so, I'm going to say the spread's like 15. 
who ucf by 15 yeah which i don't can you even can you, you can get 15 can't you sure but i think uh, i just know we've done like three and a half or something like so point five. so i figure i'll just do 14 all right make it easy two touchdowns, two touchdowns. uh now you're a little high there you're oh, uh, okay you're giving ucf a little too much credit okay, okay. uh it is five. Oh, yeah well daggone i mean i'll take that for sure yeah. that's, that's good that you know they're thinking fairly high you know highly of us so yeah. uh, thank you vegas for, <laughs> for that um all right well i'll give me time to ponder yeah yeah what i'll think it'll be i think they last week they blew mine out the water it wasn't act you know kind of got shot when we went into four overtimes you got uh 38 minutes to come up with an answer uh for the year east carolina on the ube stat sheet averaging 33 points a game mm. and uh allowing 24 so okay. those are some numbers for you as well all right let's take a break we'll come back we'll have more with bryce williams when we return on pirate radio live here on a tuesday the yankees up four to one as cleveland did get a run across but still four to one to score in the top of the fourth we'll take a timeout come back back with you after this Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you now let's head back in to prl here's your host clip rock charlie can you pull up the uh ecu football feed uh on twitter and play the um video that they put up an hour ago of mike houston yeah give me just one second i saw that rajay uh just tweeted i swear he made me feel like i can run through a brick wall and uh we'll play that audio for bryce you probably you haven't seen this have you Mm. bryce all right so we'll uh for folks that haven't seen that i guess this is right before the game on saturday um this speech didn't work because they got down 17 nothing yeah but uh it eventually they thought about it and remembered it and it did work so uh i'll have that ready for you meanwhile uh about a half hour ago kurt benkirk tweeted out that he's been signed with the 49ers uh he's going to be on their practice squad okay and also surely um well no never mind okay all right you got the video yes i do all right hit it here we go no excuses you take care of business you do your damn job what do you think bryce pretty good short and sweet powerful (laughs) there might have been more that's all the video that we got Uh, and then after the game he goes in the media room Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Slaps the table. Do we still got that one, Shirley? I saw that one. How about those freaking pirates? <laughs> he gets excited. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. Short Excitement sweet. time. Excitement time. <laughs> it is good. He said, just do your job, no excuses. That was the Bill Belichick thing. Just do your job. Which, in the end, if you just do your job and your assignment, 
most of the time things work out coach are we having a uh spring game in 2021 are we gonna we're having a freaking game <laughs> thank you <laughs> we're having a freaking game a freaking game we're rise to the standard freaking game we're hard news we're very hard news we're a really good bunch freaking game. we're having a freaking game all right mike houston fired up we're and, having a spring uh, game we're having one now i don't know i don't, I, I don't know about you guys we're having a spring game <laughs> <laughs> all right so there uh is mike houston getting fired hey, man how excited is he gonna be if they can knock off ucf on saturday mm. and uh at that point you would be one win away from bowl eligibility mm-hmm. with uh temple still on the schedule and some other upset yeah. opportunities yeah but the pirates are going to be underdogs next week at byu and then they'll be dogs at cincinnati and then Houston at home. Huh. Home. Guess that line, Chandler. Mm. I, I mean, a lot depends it, on what happens between now right, and then. Right, and that's what I was thinking. Right now, I would say Houston minus three. I'll say ECU minus two and a half. But that's how close it is. And then we'll see what happens between now and then. But Minus two and a half as in... ECU's a favorite. The minus, it means you're a favorite. Against Houston? Yeah. Wow. And Chandler's saying Houston's going to be a favorite. I could see it go either way. I, what is the, What are they going to look like between now and That's then? That's a good question. You never know. What's them. ECU going to look like? What, what are you going to look like? I, what are, what you, are you going to look like? I want Chandler to have a mustache. So I do, too. Okay. <laughs> I do, too. I know what he's going to look like because he does the same stuff. Or Fu Manchu. Mix no. it up, <laughs> man. Travis Tripp. Hey, Trav. I mean, daggum. Hey, TT. Step out that circle, the comfort circle. I might, you know, bring out the mustache in March. By the way, what are you doing? Oh, I just haven't shaved yet. This isn't intentional. This is just delay, <laughs> delay. Oh yeah, which I still might have a few more, you know, a few more days until Anna comments on it. Says, "What are you doing?" Delay a shave, yeah. on the offense. <laughs> delay a shave. I'm, ho- I'm just hopeful that I'll get something eventually. Maybe when I'm 30, something will just. Start springing out a little thicker. So you're still in your 20s, huh? 29. 29 and feeling fine. Mm, oh, yeah, very. Fine as wine. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, what do you want to do? You want to go... We'll go outdoors, I reckon. See what's going on. I like outdoors. All right. Uh, what are we doing, Bryce? I tell you, it felt good. The cooler temperatures, which it was a little cooler in the morning, Saturday morning. It felt good to be on the uh, trout hunt. Again, it was the first like real trout fishing um, trip of the year. Uh, should only get better. Knock on wood. But I uh, had a successful trip. Caught, you know, obviously decent sized keepers, like 17s, 18s, and my buddy caught 19. So I get, you know, respectable fish. Those are what I call like the good eating fish. So I did keep a few, and me and Anna fried up some trout the other night. Hmm. What but, do you, uh, uh, what do you have with a, a fried trout? What was these sides? Oh, uh, we did. Uh, potatoes, roasted potatoes, slaw, mm. and I think that was it. You know, and then fried trout. So Man. you know, kind of just like Sounds country, good. almost like a cracker barrel meal. So we. Uh, she made. Did you make the slaw or pick it up? No, I right? picked it up from uh, Sam Jones. Okay, good yeah. call. Because I'm curious, like how people make their yeah, homemade she, slaw. Yeah, she's uh, she Sam Jones got some good slaw. So picked that up. We did not go the food line route. We did that one time, and it was horrible. Mm. Hor- um, food line slaw. But we had a good day on the water. My, uh, my buddy tours Achilles a few weeks ago, and he's the you know the 
fisherman who's like, like a, I guess is it what's more than a fanatic? Like he's like, mm. if he could just higher than a fanatic. Yeah, I mean he's fishing. I guess you're just a fishing fiend fool, and uh, you know towards Achilles. So he obviously he's been gimped up. I said, you know what? Hey, let's go fishing. He's this was first trip out on the water, so it felt good to fish with him again, and you know for him to get out on the water because he's got ADD kind of like I do. So he does like to sit still. So got him on the water. We caught a, lo- a lot of fish. Kind of ironic because when you're on the water, you sit still a lot. That's true. But I guess you're casting and you know okay. jigging and things like that. So we had a good day. It was you know very pretty outside. Um, on the water that day, sunrise, but had some top water bites. Well, I mean, we caught, we probably caught around 20 so fish, but only a handful of keepers. We were kind of found and got into small ones. So I'll still hunt on hunt for the uh, gator trout. So um, maybe go this weekend. You never know. But um, it was good. It was good down the water. Still got deer coming to the corn, but I got to wait on them, per- you know, right on a good wind and temperatures. I'm not trying to sweat anymore. So. Maybe slip wet wind looks pretty good for tomorrow, actually, and the temperature. So hopefully I can stick a deer with the bow, even though it is rifle season, but I'm still uh, adamant to get one with my bow before I move to the gun. Question. Um, thought. So when you catch these fish and throw them back, they they have a tiny hole in their their look yeah. right the rest of their lives yeah what if um i guess it heals i don't know maybe it feels I, I, yeah I, I was gonna ask does it fill back in somehow or i, I don't know but you know i don't know if um, not how about this thought and uh, if it's humane and it won't hurt the fish and everything yeah. how about instead of leaving that hole we give the fish a little bling bling like put a little uh a little, little, little stud in yeah there. i mean i could bend a hook or something and put a you know and have like a little lip piercing yeah and then like their school will be like whoa where'd you get that yeah, yeah you know they probably i mean i think they communicate they grunt so maybe they're chatting about what's going on yeah what happened up top you know when you went to the light you never know just the thought yeah just the thought that came through my brain uh michael winstead father of isaiah winstead uh chats with us quite a bit mm. he says ask bryce do he like crappies you know I actually do enjoy eating crappy and catching crappy. It's fun, you know, catch a big, you know, little pounder, two pounder. Um, crappy, they are very good to eat. Since I've been on the East Coast for several years now, I've actually not gone. I haven't done any freshwater fishing. So these are a lake um, fish. Mm-hmm, freshwater fish, um, and they are. They're a fun fish to catch, um, and they are very good eating. They look pretty cool. Oh yeah, they they got like yeah, black crappy, white white crappy yep and uh i do i do i do really enjoy crappy the thing is like you can catch those in like i mean you i, don't, I cannot remember the bag limit but i mean you can catch like 50 seven i mean it's just like well this guy's got them laid out here right oh yeah they school up heavily uh, like they got in the... trouble uh minnesota couple nabbed for hauling in more than 250 crappy fish you know it's like why i mean maybe if you're gonna sell them but like I'm not trying to clean 250. Yeah. That's 500 fillets. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I'm not trying to do that. But to answer Mr. Uh, Winstead's um, comment, yes, I really, I do enjoy catching some freshwater fish when the opportunity arises. But I've been so stuck on the East Coast and, you know, catching trout and drum flounder and all that that I've not got the chance to uh, partake. All right. If you have a question uh, for Bryce on what particular species of fish he enjoys yeah 
Well, let us know. I'm all ears. All right, Pirate Radio Outdoors. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll have more for you. We'll talk more football. Hear more Mike Houston. And before we get out of here, we got to get Bryce's weekly prediction. That's on the way on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medispa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations are available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you. Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Scott asking, uh, does Bryce like rockfish? Rockfish. You know, I've never... Striper is another term for it. Um... I enjoy catching them, you know. Honestly, I've never um, kept one because I think the uh, maybe type in striper, rockfish. I think is my uh, eastern thing we call. I'm sure. I'm assuming he's mean than striper, um, but I think they're a little stingy on like your bag limits in the season when you can keep them. I think that's why I've never really kept them. I've caught you know caught several before, you know, top water jigs and mirror lures and stuff. Um, they are fun fish to catch. Yeah, they're uh, they are large. Yeah, they they get huge. All right. Yeah, they get. Look at that. That's probably like up north or something. Like up in the like main area, Chesapeake. Yeah, the Chesapeake Bay. Goodness. Well, Christ. this guy's from Maryland, so oh, that might be yeah. uh, why the question mm-hmm. was asked. Yep. All right, there you go, Bryce. Uh, how do you feel about uh, fish as pets, aquarium <laughs> and whatnot? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's simple. I mean, I guess it's fairly simple. Well, then, actually, I take that back. Anna had a goldfish that a friend didn't want to have anymore, and we she kept that goldfish alive for like four years. I mean, wow. she was like the tank cleaning, make sure the water pH was good, and all. I mean, going all out for this goldfish, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> one of them died, and then the other. I don't know if I should. It's not too gory. <laughs> So, you know, Anna had this fish, and she was good, and, and uh, it was starting to die. It was acting all funny, like, blah, 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 you know, just, like, doing yeah. what a goldfish almost died. And, you like, and it's been doing it for, like, a whole day. And Anna was like, honey, just, you, he needs to go. Just take, you know, put him out of his misery. So I had these, like, shears, you know, these scissors. Like, you like they use at, like, chicken factories to cut chickens in half. And um, so <laughs> slipped and, like, guillotine nails so it was fish. a mercy it was a mercy, mercy kill, kill. Okay. mercy kill for sure but you're not I, like a serial killer no 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 this okay. was not a pleasure by any means i said thank you little but no for real i said thank you little buddy you know we enjoyed your company yeah well that's but nice. uh, we had to put him out of his misery yeah. but uh 
I'm not too keen on. I mean, it's neat to like when you go like restaurants or something. They got fish tanks. I enjoy watching them, but I'm not trying to keep up with a with a fish because I forget to feed it or anything. You can't do anything with the fish. Yeah, you can't play with it out of water, right? I mean, so, you can talk to it, but it's, is it really hearing is it, you? Yeah, is no. it talk, you know, like Grady and Sonny, they hear me, they understand me. They can, know? they talk back to uh-huh. you. I say, Grady, go get the ball, and he goes, goes the ball, give it goes and gets it. All right, yeah. well done. All right, uh, let's hear more from Mike. Let's hear the. Uh, we were just talking food. Mm. Charlie hit Gus Malzahn again. This was his Q and A at the end of the press conference. Head coach at UCF. Somebody asking him about uh, coming to Greenville and maybe a uh, an Eastern North Carolina delicacy. You ever been to Greenville, North Carolina? Um, you know, I have. I think uh, recruiting, and that's about it. So what kind of atmosphere are you expecting? I mean, they got a pretty good reputation for being one of the best atmospheres in the league. That, that, that's what we've heard. That's what we're expecting. We're, especially after a big win, uh, we're expecting to get their best. And so we'll do crowd noise and everything that goes with that this week, too. Are you a big barbecue guy? They talk about Eastern North Carolina. It's a little bit of vinegar in their barbecue. Every region a little bit different. Uh, what's, what's your favorite kind of barbecue? Uh, how, how, how's that for an yeah, question for the rest yeah, of I, didn't, I didn't know they were known for their barbecue. That's good. <laughs> I'm not a big barbecue guy. You know, I'll eat some brisket, but uh, I'm not a big barbecue guy. <laughs> All right. I don't know if you can trust a man who doesn't like barbecue. I mean, you kidding me? If you're a player and you hear that, are you kind of looking at him differently when he's delivering his message to the team? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you, come on, you don't eat barbecue? I mean, listen, just thinking about your coaches, Ruffin McNeil. Yeah. Carolina boy. Yeah. You know he loves some barbecue. Right. Well, what? Because, you know, you don't have that connection. If you don't like barbecue, then <laughs> I can't connect with you. And I'm sorry, I can't come to your school. I mean, <laughs> we just can't connect. That's why Bryce didn't go to Auburn or, right. uh, or UCF now, yeah. currently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Houston was asked by Glenn about Malzahn's comments, which he had not heard, and Glenn explained it to him. And uh, here's what Mike Houston said Cut eight. I don't, I mean, I don't know. He's. <laughs> I'm sure he'll enjoy it. So it's uh, I'm, I'm I'm a fan of barbecue. So I love Eastern North Carolina barbecue. So, but uh, I, I don't know whatever uh, the delicatessen is that down there in Orlando. So uh, we'll make sure he gets a plate. He's got a might have an argument over which uh, which place it comes from, Parker's or Bees or Sam Jones. You know, they they've got an argument over which one's best. And now we got Mission here in town too. So um, we've got a lot to choose from. All right, there's Mike Houston. Got some sponsors in as well. Well done, mm. like a NASCAR driver. Dang right. Um, I tried tried to troll everybody today and said lots of barbecue talk. I love going to barbecues and had a picture of some kind of mustard uh, based <laughs> sauce going over some some meat, which uh, is offensive for people around these parts. Mm. So, oh, mustard is mustard based. What is that? South Carolina, I guess. Maybe it is. So there's like ketchup. What's that? Western Lexington barbecue. Uh, yeah. What's well, you're from? Like the bar- that area, the barbecue right? capitals of the dang. Yeah. South Lexington. So Bryce, great question for you. Yeah. Lexington barbecue versus Eastern North Carolina. What style do you prefer? You know, I'm more Eastern North Carolina. I th- I'm thinking. A little more. Now, are you just saying that to pander? No, no. Okay, right. Going back to my taste buds. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I mean, I've. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm Eastern North Carolina barbecue. I really am. Um. It's quite tasty, a little juicy. I I think it's a little juicier, maybe. There or different flavor. I had bums actually today. You know, I had today. that a lot as a kid. Bums. Yep. Yeah. And it was very good. I I, I always got to have like the coleslaw. I do. I like to mix my food, so I go 
coleslaw scoop, barbecue scoop, and you know, mix it. I can't. I don't even think I can eat slaw by itself. I don't think I ever have. And I, I don't mix it. prefer to eat barbecue by itself. Maybe. I have to have them both on the fork. Yeah, at the same definitely. time. So you're a mixer as well. Absolutely. And you got to people that aren't. I don't trust them. No, like steak. You got to go mashed potato steak. You know. <laughs> well, okay. that's just me. I'm a mixer. I mean, it's. I'm just a food mixer. I like mixing. I used to like when, uh, and I, for some reason I don't really do this a lot these days. But uh, Matt, putting uh, peas on the mashed potatoes in the mashed potatoes, garden peas. Oh, I mean, I would eat it, but um, not something you normally do. Actually, yeah, it's I a would great marriage. I'd mix it. I'm I'd telling mi- you, I mix it. Great marriage. I there. do enjoy peas, but I do. I won't hate on Western bar like the whole brisket stuff, like smoked sausage. I mean, I would love that. I'll gorge on that for sure. I like doing uh, using hush puppies as a or corn sticks as a fork or spoon in the Brunswick stew and eating that. That's pretty good. Now I'm going to admit I'm honestly not much of a corn stick or hush puppy guy. That's okay. That's, yeah. I mean that I hope changed my opinion of it. Okay, you know. that's good. That's okay. Anybody else thought thinking the channel's not paying attention, so he didn't hear it. So we're good. All right, everybody's fine. Everybody relax. <laughs> All right, uh, Bryce, uh, let's take our last break so we can come back. We can get that prediction. Bryce has picked East Carolina to win every game this season. We ran over those UCF numbers. Is he nervous mm. about this week? Will this be the week he picks the opponent? We will find out when we return on Pirate Live here on a Tuesday. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Take a quick look at your stock market report. The Dow was up 337 points at 30,523. NASDAQ was ahead 96 at 10,772. And the S&P was up 42 at 3,719. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to the show. Here's Cliff. All right, Yankees at a run. It is 5-1 in the bottom of the fifth inning as they take on the Guardians in New York. Winner takes on the Astros. And that series begins tomorrow. Game one of the NLCS coming up tonight, Phillies and Padres. All right, uh, Bryce Williams, before we get out of here on this Tuesday, let's get your official prediction for ECU Mm. and UCF. Well, I'm definitely going to pirate victory. Um, You know, obviously we seem to play very well against, you know, ranked opponents um, throughout the past year. So I'm going off to ECU went in. You gave me the obviously the spread pass. You know, you pretty much give me everything I need to make. I my give you prediction. all the yeah I mean, ingredients, and now you make the exactly. dish. So, ECU, I'm going to go ECU 38, UCF 33. A good old shootout. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty tight. Um, just hope we play well, and hey, do your job. 
right. I like it. Do your job. Bryce, hopefully you can find it on the television. If Hannah's here, I'll be able to find it. Hannah's going to have you covered because I think Chan Man and I might be back at the game. But for one of these road uh, Friday night games coming up, yeah, it'd be cool if... Uh, oh, it's a Friday night game. Okay. How about a late night Friday night versus BYU or Cincinnati? You come with us. There we go. Check it out. Up and up in this crib. Yeah. What is that? What's the dates there? So next Friday is BYU, which would be Friday the 28th. I reckon. Let's what go. time's that game? And then the Pirates, 8, 8 o'clock. Okay. Then the Pirates have an off week, and then they'll play again on Friday the 11th, I believe. So okay. back-to-back Friday games with a week off in between. Okay. I might have to check your calendar. I might have to put that on a schedule. <laughs> All right. Thank you for hanging out, Bryce. Thank y'all for having me. Enjoyed it. Shirley oh, yeah. Chandler, we'll see you Wednesday, 3 o'clock, for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Thanks, folks. We'll talk to you then. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.